0: Before we kick this show off, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Under Pressure Outdoors is brought to you in part by Hasmore Outdoor Products. Hasmore Outdoor Products manufactures quality replacement seats for a multitude of climber brands as well as a host of other products built with the hunter in mind. Take it from us. Your butt will thank you and you'll be able to spend more hours in your stand. Hop over to their website by clicking on the link in the podcast description and order the tree stand trick out kit for your stand today. And you'll have everything you need to hunt longer and harder. Make sure you use code UPO15 at checkout to get 15% off your next order. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. I'll I tell you, I have never done anything close to what that that tower shoot was like today, and that was a it was a blast oh it was a, absolutely a blast.
1: <laughs> I've never been at some place like that where I felt that I couldn't reload fast enough, and i was ho- I was shooting a break open shotgun
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jim, toward over, the end Jim's over there wishing he brought the semi auto, yeah, pulled the plug yeah. <laughs> But uh, it it's a lot of fun up here at Piney Woods. That was how many? So we had how many birds you have out there, Mr. Keith?
2: Throw three hundred fifty birds.
0: Three hundred fifty birds, and there was there's a good handful of people, cross those bales and switch every crate. How many is in a crate?
2: I don't know. They divide them up.
0: Oh, okay, me either. I just I, yeah. I I was watching you throw, and at one point I was counting, and then a bird came my way, and I lost my count, and I.
2: There's usually about fifteen. In a box, there's yeah. a few we'll of them still
3: running around out there. I
2: believe we'll throw a couple of boxes and everybody rotate. Yeah, got 25 stations. They shoot uh, two people at the station. Most time we shoot one person at the station. 25 station.
0: that was that was something else, and that all went to raise money. All the money the money raised today goes to uh, what's Cr-
2: Christian. Abbeville Christian Academy. Abbeville this a uh, fundraiser. Christian. We started this um, several years ago. Uh, cousin of mine, Ethan Green, y'all, I think y'all talked about him before. Uh, he's a uh, fishes Toyota Series, right, Jay? Yeah. Well, he was in high school. He was at another school here. And so we did a fundraiser with them for their fishing, um, uh, high school fishing team right and it would help make make up money for them and i done a lot of it mainly for him because man he's just so invested in fishing and wanted to help him and they did a lot of traveling and he usually got to go to kentucky for the national every year um they did very well with that so uh we started doing it for a fundraiser with them and he you know he's out of school now he's fishing toyota series and all and so, Advil Christian, they, they knew, you know, and they, well, they can do it for us. So, we, yeah, we do. So, it's just something to help the community out. But i tell you what, my son's <clears>
0: school, they're <throat> fundraisers now. It used to be, when we were kids, at least you'd go around selling chocolate or something. Now, mm. they just come to your house and ask you, <laughs> yeah. can I have money? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Just, <laughs> that's they right. just panhandling is what they're doing now. <laughs> <Yeah>. it <laughs> is. Yeah, it
2: takes a lot of money. So, But, you know, it turns out to be a pretty good thing, and it's uh, – thing about the tower shoot that i like it's a family thing you can because mm-hmm. it you know you're at a station you can bring the whole family bring the cart wife kids come a lot of people do that husband shoot kids shoot um they spend spend some time together that don't happen a lot right you know so it's something that a family can get out and do and not have an electronic you know as the center of attention and uh man the scenery is beautiful I man you can't beat it
0: that was something I was <clears> said <throat> to Jim today I said man I, my son would absolutely love this I don't have to bring him up here to do that cuz it is it's it's super easy low pressure I mean you can watch the birds come out of the tower if they come your way you get ready you, a lot of times you got plenty of time it's it's not like you're uh like sitting in a duck blind or something like that where they come out of nowhere
2: yep
4: yeah but it's neat watching them come over that lake to you too, because sometimes they leave that tower and you don't, you can't exactly tell where they're going. The next thing you know, you're like, "Oh crap, it's coming my way."
0: Well, now you can add the uh, spe- another species of bird to things you've water swatted.
4: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. did shoot one out of the pond. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but um, so tell me, tell me the story. Y'all were sitting here talking about the first bird out of the tower this morning. What happened?
2: Well, it just didn't do. It went to the ground. I mean, sometimes they will. Most times, birds do pretty well. The day's done very well. Those birds are pretty angry. And uh, they fight you pretty hard up there, and they take off. And, uh, you know. They they flew pretty dang good. They but, flew very well today.
4: I'll say a few of them things were on so much of a mission to get somewhere that they didn't even see the pine tree dead
2: in front of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no just, kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, 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 get, uh, they get up and they go. We got It's pretty scenery, too. We built that. Um, I think my daughter was seventeen. She's thirty three now, so we've had a little while. Yeah, we had a lot of great. When we first started, all birds were probably probably paying eight dollars for birds. We had about a dozen shoots a year. Now the birds are 15. two or three shoots a year. It's getting where people can't afford it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like everything else, but you know. We had a good time over the years. Forty foot in the air, ain't nothing like the scenery.
0: Oh, I bet from that tower especially, mm-hmm. it's it's beautiful looking at it when you get up on that ridge top on the <coughs> on the high hill over the pond, looking back down at everything. That's real pretty.
3: It's funny, no two birds fly alike either. I mean, you some of them will come out of there and it looks like
4: and they just start go. Whoosh, they start getting altitude, hmm. and I'm like, God dang. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, some of them come in there and just change direction mid-flight. looks like they're coming straight forward, and they're like, nope, to the left. <laughs>
5: you know, see something they don't like, and they're like, I don't know about that. I think yeah. I'm going to go over this way, which is just as bad.
3: Yeah. I was looking at my app to see which way the birds were supposed to fly, and they were flying the direction the app said they were supposed to fly. <laughs> I just wasn't there for them. It wouldn't we, have mattered anyway. Oh, the wind was really <laughs> – yeah.
1: where the wind was going, they were going.
4: Yeah, yeah. That one bird flew right into that guy's barrel i did see that. <laughs> and he
0: was down there on the far uh this side of the pond in the corner and the bird come down and he was watching a low bird and it just woo, woo, right into the barrel it went fast and <laughs> fell behind him on the ground <laughs> well that,
1: you know that first pheasant we saw in the morning that got between the two bales and was just i mean he was getting gone and when he hit that pine tree it hit it with authority, too, man.
3: Whap! It sounded like a nail
1: gun. Deader than a doornail. And we're like, wow. I thought to myself, oh, man, live 100 years, never see that again. 30 minutes later, whap! Another one. I was like, I, was like, I think it's like Sir David Attenborough talking about, you know, pheasants are known for their eyesight and their agility. Whap! <laughs> Maybe not.
0: No, I did see, I did see wood pheasant <clears throat> try to land in a tree. Missed a limb and then proceeded to hit every single
3: limb on the way to the <laughs> ground as it fell down the tree. <laughs> They're ground pounders, <laughs> most definitely. So, what is it with pen raised birds? Do they multiply? Do they reproduce? Mm, no. They won't stay uh, in the wild. No, no,
2: no. Mm. no you uh, when we breed them in the pen, we breed all the instinct out of them. I thought when I first got in this business and we was putting out quail and you know we, in the southeast, there's no secret our quail went away you know right 30 years ago 20 years ago let's see it's been 30 years they really started to so putting birds out i thought well we have a bunch of birds they they can't make it they lay eggs they don't unsit the nest i mean just breed yeah so when you raise birds in a pen they become dependent on you and uh i mean it's it's easy to see it so well, yeah so they th- don't make it
4: that kind of goes back to anything that was once wild, because it's like a daggum stray cat. Once you start feeding a stray cat, the cat always comes to you That's for food. Right. It doesn't try to go anywhere to get food.
2: It's lost all its drive, motivation. It's you know, you take all its ambition away.
0: So, so what do you what do you think caused the the massive decline in quail? I mean, I hear a lot of people say
2: fire ants. I know we've lost a lot of habitat the way farming's changed. Well, and fence I think foods. that it's. Uh, You know, perfect storm has to come together, and there's several things that can happen, like uh, the fire ants. uh, They say our farming practices change, you know, certain kind of chemicals and things. But I'm gonna tell you the biggest thing that. Now this is me, (laughs) okay, and there'll probably be people argue with me about it, but I've seen it firsthand, and I know for honest truth that this is one of our biggest problems. We got a bird that came here uh, in the late. Mid '80s to late '80s, never had it before. Egrets, cowbirds, okay. So they came into this area, and uh, remember, I remember one of the first ones I ever saw. All right, so they sit there and they follow the farm tractor around. They follow you around when you're spraying. They follow you around when you're cutting and everything. So I'm in the hay fields and um, cutting grass, you know, cutting hay. And there's a covey of quail out in the middle, and a um, uh, hen and some babies. So she tries to make it to the edge, you know, pretty good ways. Well, the babies can't fly. She can get up and fly, but they're running. Those egrets come in there, and they caught every one of those babies, and they every one of them before they made it to the edge. She's the only one made it. They ate the whole covey.
0: Goodness.
2: They eat frogs. They eat uh, snakes, you know, little ones. They eat lizards. They eat bugs, they eat everything, they're vacuum. And uh, they're the biggest culprit that did away with our quail. I know plantations here that are 6,000, 8,000 acres, never had any farming on them, was set up just for quail. No farming, no sprays, nothing. They did everything they could do, millions of dollars just for quail, and they had the same decline on them. That's not chemicals no, right not habitat no, loss not chemicals no, it's all no. there they, you know, they were putting the money into it they had those egrets though there might yeah. be
1: something to it because like where we are down in florida at one point <clears throat> they had really pushed back the bird population because of feather hunting and things like that right and it's taken decades to come back well so as that population's been rising like there's wood storks everywhere and he mentioned the different egrets and they got you know a whole bunch of plumage birds and the quail on the other hand have gone and we tend to knock on development, and certainly that's a part of it. But you don't think about that what's good for one species is detrimental to another. Or the, if we push back the predators, it'd be good for quail. Well, now the, now the predators are coming back, and to Keith's point, quail are getting, getting a lump.
4: You'll say especially if that species that you're quote-unquote protecting is not necessarily a native species.
0: Well, so, now, I'll give you this, too. Something I don't think a lot of people realize is a baby quail, like a fresh hatched quail, ain't but about the size of a quarter. They're T-90 little things. So, it's not... It, it's easy to think an egret like that just go over and snatch it up just like mm-hmm. it would a frog. Because it's not much bigger than a frog. Mm-hmm. Most
3: frogs. Here, yeah, I thought all they ate was bugs.
4: Not well, it's shit. like eating
2: a, a locust is bigger yeah. than a, a baby quail. Yeah. No, you mean, ever get in a hay field, you'll see egret eats everything that comes along. And I mean, and they're just a vacuum. And, um... We should have never let those things come in here. I mean, they, they don't belong here. They should have never been here. And uh, they destroyed our quail population. Now, I'm sure some scientists or some wildlife fellows you are probably going nuts right now listening to this. But <laughs> uh, I saw it firsthand, and I've had other farmers when we talk about it, and they're like, you know what, that makes a lot of sense, you know? It does. So, yeah, one thing does away with another thing, you know?
0: I remember back in the day, you used to hear quail and you don't really hear much anymore. Me and Jordan did uh, a few weeks ago come across a good covey of quail out on some public land in Florida, which you hardly ever see wild birds like that anymore. But
2: uh. when, you, when you see a wild covey around here now, they're living in the woods. They've yeah. learned to move in there to get away from it, they're not out around the fields. I wonder yeah.
3: how many coveys of quail have actually killed men. Uh, via heart attack? Via heart attack. Of course. One about got
0: Jordan
2: that
4: morning. Oh, I, I was going go to say, I play. think I think uh, because of one, Dick Cheney may have almost. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> why well, I'm not talking to you. Uh, yeah, but no, I did almost, because uh, that morning that we were sitting in public land, uh, we were in a certain area, and a, a group of hikers had come through. Well, I wasn't, but they, they literally walked. I was maybe 20 foot up at Pine Tree, they literally walked 10 feet away from the pine tree I was in. Never once noticed me. And then william they walked, past, they walked past William and then walked back by both of us. But when they walked past William again, that covey of like 15 quail jumped up. And William was like, they didn't even react. And then we were walking out. And like a covey of eight jumped up. And I was... I'm ready to fist fight something. I, it had scared me so bad. I just...
0: Now the best part about that was, is I heard the quail going underneath the palmetto, so I stopped and I was listening because I could hear him, And we stopped, and about the time we stood there for a second, and then the cubby just whoop, whoop out of the palmetto bushes, Jordan about to come unglued. <laughs>
3: I think the only thing's worth is when it' worse is when a turkey does it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: good God. It was a good thing it was before lunch, or after all the greasy food that we had eaten after lunch. I probably would have had to go clean my britches. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Keith, I got a question. When you mentioned that the you're noticing the coveys are in the woods, is it mainly pine, pine, no, pine plantation? No,
2: they stay in the hardwoods. Okay. Yeah, most everything we see now. A lot of our deer hunters see them like uh, when they're in the deer stand. They're like, "Hey, a covey quail come through." i like, "Yep." They've learned that that's where they can get away from the predators. You know, they got to stay down in the hardwoods. And,
0: well, your your aerial predator provide them with a decent amount of cover versus mm-hmm. being in the field. Mm-hmm. I asked because
1: we're we hunt spend a lot of time in Jeff Davis County in Georgia it's all pine plantation mm-hmm. but we notice the same thing and then the places it's either pine plantation or a lot of gallberry and inkberry um, and interestingly because we cut shooting paths through the gallberry and then it's been a it's been a pleasant a pleasant accident 1015 years ago it was rare to see quail on that area mmm but since we've made modifications, we're flushing coveys at 30 and 40 birds. I mean, 30 and 40, it's its shocking because you walk up and and then you take another step steps and more leave and you take another couple steps and more leaves. And I, I've i been really shocked by that. And the only thing I can think about, because the only real change in the area has been us mowing and a little bit of a change where they had, they were running cattle and now it's back to row crop crop so you get the bushy edges but Mm -hmm. those two things have really made the changes but more often than not when I see them and I'm sitting still it is running through the pine plantation bottoms and that's why I asked that question that you're Mm -hmm. seeing the same thing here
2: yeah you know I think everything um, when it takes a hit after a little while mother nature figures out how to bring it back and adapt it back we had the same problem with turkeys I think in the maybe it was the 70s Uh, we lost a pile of turkeys. We didn't have them. They came back. They made it back. You know. And um, you see deer decline in certain areas, oh, cause of certain things, and then they come back. So maybe the quail or too. When I was a kid growing up, we had um, 21 coveys in about a five-mile radius of this farm. That's all my granddad did was work or, or quail hunt. You know, I mean, that was it. So Saturday afternoon, we was following a bird dog and uh we had 21 cubbies in uh about five mile radius and they were big cubbies and now maybe three or four if we're lucky you know so and we put out thousands i mean there's been years i put out uh when we were 20,000 birds you know and uh they just it'd be great if they'd make it and if they do but like these pheasants, I think the longest I've ever seen a pheasant make it was about July. <laughs> and uh, then all of a sudden, he disappeared, you know. So, they just too much against him. That was that one I
4: saw last year.
2: <laughs> yeah, he, he hung around a pretty good while. He was here in February, so. <clears throat> but, yeah, I so just, but it would be great, but I don't know. We work at it. You know, I mean, that's our thing. We try. We try to, we try to help it and. We probably hinder a lot trying, but we still try. Well, you do you what you know? can
0: to give them what they need to, to survive. And if, if they're just not here to do it, eventually they find it, and at some point it helps. And it, it's kind of hard. You know, you talk about them adapting to living in the hardwoods, and that's, you know, quail management doesn't – that's not typically where that happens. So if your quail are now existing heavily in the hardwoods, I mean – Maybe it's going to have to be a whole new game of quail management to figure out how to help them exist
4: better in the hardwoods, mm-hmm. which that's rewriting the whole playbook. I feel like that changes your whole style of hunting as well, too, outside of management.
2: Oh it, yeah, it'd be hard to hunt them. It'd be like hunting um, grouse or something like that, you know, like they have up north, hunting it in the hardwoods. I mean, it'd be be a lot more of a challenge. So,
0: but you know, you don't know, just say that when when we were. Uh, when I was up in Kentucky, we see a lot of quail in the briar bushes in the hardwoods. Mm-hmm. You get up in the briars in the, in the hardwoods, and I mean, there are a bunch of quail up there. Um, yeah, and you was, don't have the
4: egrets up there, do you?
0: Not that I can ever remember seeing one.
4: I don't ever yeah. remember seeing one at all the time I came up there.
0: Yeah. But that that was probably the most quail I've seen in the wild out there was in when I lived in Kentucky, Tennessee area. Mm-hmm. But... <clears throat> Even then, they weren't they weren't on the on the fields like you you would think they'd be. They were a little they weren't far from the fields. They were deeper in the thick in the hardwood, and off the edges of roads and stuff like that.
2: I have friends that go to Illinois and hunt uh, Southern Illinois, and they say they got them. Yeah, they say they got them around those fields and all up there. So they've invited me to go. I never have, but plan on one day. But they say they really got them. That'd be something else. Yeah. Well,
4: so the more you talk about like the states that really have them, it really does make you think that like maybe it is the egrets.
0: Well, your climate's a lot different up there yeah. than it is down here. It's
4: it's a lot cooler climate that those egrets
2: aren't aren't adapting to. It, They're not living well, in. Very yeah.
0: well could be. Texas has got them in spades and places.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you they know. do. They have those Mexican quail. And...
0: Well, that's a whole different breed of quail there yep. than the the Bob White
2: mm mm-hmm. We have them in this area. They brought them in here in the '60s and '70s, and uh, tried to make them, you know, take off. And um, but I, they didn't, they didn't cross with the Bob white too well. I don't think, you know. So <clears throat> they brought them in. They've tried. They everybody's tried different stuff, you know. Right.
4: So I kind of wonder if they're like a like a horse and a donkey kind of thing. If you try to breed one, then what comes out is sterile. I wouldn't think and they so. can't breed no, you further just, from
2: there. Uh just a they're just a little different. Temperament, I would assume. Just a little different breed.
0: But uh, so you I mean you're pretty much strictly running a deer and hog operation here. And what what uh do you have any concerns about CWD? I know that's I think that's made it to Alabama,
2: northern Alabama now. Northern hasn't Alabama. It? Mm-hmm. Nah, I don't have any concerns with it. Not yet. <clears throat> no, that's a whole nother whole other can of worms I could open up for you <laughs> right there. <laughs> it's been around.
0: I do believe that's been around a whole uh, lot longer. We know it has. Uh, it's been, probably it's been, been around forever. But, but we've,
4: we've talked about it before. It's it's something to where, like, if we lived in Florida and became prominent in Florida, am I going to stop shooting deer and be worried about if I'm going to get it or not? No. I'm going to keep shooting deer and just eat them.
0: But you want to talk about something that will be... Will Play hell on a deer herd, and we'd see it bad, uh, in Tennessee and Kentucky is EHD, yeah, blue tongue, yeah, blue tongue.
2: Yeah, I it. think that's what happened to our turkeys. Was that EHD or blue tongue? You know, back. I think that's what I heard. I'm not sure, but I'm, but I think that's what I was told would happen to our turkeys. But, you know, Mother Nature has his way of doing things mm-hmm. and has his way of fixing things, and well, a s- lot of times we stay out of the way. Things probably work out. I think it oh, yeah.
0: work out quite well if we'd stay out of it half the time Mm -hmm. but in in more ways than just trying to help if we have stayed out of it from the from the get-go it it would have been a lot better off but we're too far along now for that
4: that's what i was gonna say earlier like you you talk about there there are whitetails that survive the uh ehd not ehd but uh cwd CWD. they don't survive cwd they survive EHD. ehd
1: And it's funky because it, I thought the there are some off. that
4: are completely immune to it that can't get it. They say that there are, like, some whitetail can't get it. I don't think they've proved that. Anyways.
1: Uh, to Jordan's point, I did hear that there are, that there indeed was a deer or, or a few deer that weren't getting it. But the funny part about those deer is that they weren't viable anyway. Like, they were screwed up deer anyway, and for whatever reason, they they, they also didn't contract EHD. But, CWD? I'm sorry, CWD. And that was, I heard it on one one biologist or another on some podcast or another. But, yeah, but to the point is I, I sometimes wonder, and it, I think it is a real problem, but I don't, the question is, has it always been here or not? And then I also kind of ask, well, what are you going to do about it? And if it doesn't really... Put the kibosh on the deer till they're six years old. How many six-year-old deer do you think there are running
2: around Alabama? Well, would you Florida guys coming up hunting? Oh, <laughs> come on now. That's right. Come on now. I mean, hey, now I'm not saying wait, they ain't
6: here,
1: yeah. but th- <laughs> a lot of the places where we go, but three-year-old deer's getting long in the tooth. Well, I can
2: tell you this. I, Touchdown, I Georgia. A, I did on a deer processing place here for nine years, and um, I saw your brother's Coming up, and uh, they gonna smoke one pretty hard if he's two or three years old. <laughs> you can't call him our brother.
4: No. Uh, I wouldn't claim maybe that some up. kind of kin folk. Those <laughs> he, he <all's> people's. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, not hey to each his own, but it is what it is. No, you I know. could open a can of worms about that right there. Come on, <laughs> open it then. Hey, if a leaves Liz be six years old, he's done something with all this after him, right? Because I'm going to tell you one thing I've learned with the high fence situations that we deal with. When that joker comes to this earth, he is here to die. I mean, it's like everything that is against him. I mean, it is the hardest thing in the world keeping one of them things alive. I don't know how they make it. I reckon Mother Nature has so many of them. That's why, you know, phones have, I mean, why does have two or three, you know, babies. So they can make it, because it's just like, he's just born to die whenever he, you, it, it's hard until you get, get to dealing with him with a high fence, you really see, I mean, man, it's just one thing after another, and I'm like, how in the world do you people even live, you know what I mean? <laughs> <clears throat> That's so well, strange,
1: because they, they will, some of them deer will suck up a bullet and survive it. Oh, yeah. But, you know, yeah, they get a cold and they just die.
2: And they can live to be, you know, we've got. We've got some that's, we've got a doe that's, uh, I think she's 11 or 12 years old. She's goodness Still having babies, you know. And then. Uh, that's a producer right there. I mean, some of them, some of them's tough, but
4: man. it's like that deer that Will killed last weekend. You could tell, what oh, was it, a couple weekends back? It was last weekend. Last, last weekend, weekend, yeah. Well, I mean, right the, now it was last weekend yeah. by the time you hear this be a couple weeks ago. He had literally fought. For every bit of life that he had, because he had a huge bald patch on his neck, the backs of his ears didn't have no hair. It was all ticks on the backs of his ears. I mean, he didn't have no teeth. His nose had scars all over it. I mean, he had literally just fought for every bit of life that he had. You living on an island. You thought
1: you (laughs) hunted him. That deer came to you for a reason. (laughs) Check me out. (laughs) I'm see, done.
0: Seen that TikTok the other day. The, the lady said, "Animals choose the day they pass," and the guy said that that spike walking under my tree stand on opening morning. I said, Today's my day. <laughs>
2: See there you said spiked. Yeah. (laughs) Well we got a lease full of trophy spikes. I I believe y'all call that an eleven point. (laughs) (laughs) Ten inch main beams all it needs.
4: Uh, That processor said that Williams deer was at least six years old and then after that Williams we're driving home. He's like, My one day I will kill a registered Florida buck. And I said, I guarantee if that buck was At least six years old. At one point, he was a registry buck.
0: Oh, I don't doubt it. Especially with the the amount of food that was on that that area we were in. To I mean, he had no shortage of protein and acorns and everything. He was
4: slap full of acorns. Yeah, yeah, but food food's one thing,
3: minerals are another. When it comes to horns,
0: well, that's why you see the deer that you do here in this area, and the 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 Black Belt region of Alabama and all that. It's it's in the soil hmm And they're getting those minerals straight out of the dirt.
2: Yep. Got to have the dirt. Got to have the right clay. Makes a difference. We got some good clay minerals in our area. Is that? I mean, don't is tell that... nobody. <laughs> you don't want more Florida, Florida customers. I don't think there's anything left to uh, rent or to lease or anything around here, far as I know. So. Yeah. <laughs> I got
4: a I got a buddy whose in laws own a few hundred acres like 45 minutes from here and he was i was talking to him the other day and he's like man there's people that literally he's like people in town literally will lease property and never hunt it just so that somebody else can't lease it Mm -hmm. yeah that's a common
2: practice yeah that's
0: right well i'm sure it (laughs) happens all over the place it's it's hard to find a lease period anywhere anymore uh, and the ones you do find, they think that that little patch of pines, that 40-acre patch of pines they got, is
3: they're <laughs> made of straight gold. <laughs> <laughs> are are yeah. there timber companies anymore that – Oh, yeah. That leased, like, still Georgia around. Pacific. Oh, yeah. you, I mean, I know Rainier does, but uh, you, it used to be Georgia Pacific.
2: All of them around here do.
3: What was the other big one? Uh, Warehouser.
2: Yeah, there's a bunch of them around here. Yeah. You'd be surprised. There's names I've never even heard of. There's some company just bought some land around here, and I think they're based out of Brazil or something.
3: Mead. Mead was the other one, I think. It used to be yeah. Georgia Pacific Mead and Mead were the two be- main.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh.
3: But and, and, and any
0: more, even finding that piece, so you, you can go online and you can find the piece uh, that uh, from the timber company. That's easy to find. They put it all on their website. But if you wanted to find a piece of land uh, that was owned by, Mr. Joe the Farmer, it's uh that's hard to find anymore because the, Mr. Joe the farmer is now seventy five, eighty years old and he wants to lease his land and well, oh, he great. puts it in the local paper. And I don't get the local paper in mm. Florida, you know. So but I guess you like you were doing the other day, Jim, riding around <laughs> those little towns, pick up your local paper, look at the classifieds.
3: You know, that's how I found the lease we used to have in Blakely. Yeah. Back when the newspaper was, you know, the thing to do. Right. I think it was the Albany Herald, and I just was, had stopped and got it on the way home one day in 400 acres.
4: Hmm.
3: It's kind of crazy to, Pardon? You got lucky. Well, this was 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> before the... <laughs> before the internet was big and... Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: but... Well, when you leased it, when you first leased it, it was a lot more than 20 years ago.
3: Well, yeah. Well, it was. Yeah. It, was it got clear-cut, and the guys that had it didn't want it after it got clear-cut. Mm-hmm. And everything I'd read, I thought, clear-cut's not a bad thing. No. It's going to so, grow back in a yeah. year or two. Deer's still going to
2: travel the same path. There are people around here do. oh, I'm going to let my lease go because they're going to clear-cut in Oh, okie-dokie. It'll be <laughs> yeah, all right. And yeah. A couple more years, and then, then they're like, I well, wish we I'd have kept that. <laughs> one summer one summer and the deer got plenty of plenty of cover. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's the problem yeah. is they got We
1: we lost 250 acres because they the year they cut it. And uh I'm I'm begging to try to get that back because they they actually left all the the left all the trees in the bottom. So the bottoms still have plenty of cover. And sure that first year, you know, it, it was it was pretty barren. You drive past that now, and all I see is bedding area with corridors. I'm like, that is Shangri-La.
3: So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) we'll see. I think it used to be they had to leave like 25 feet up away from the water,
4: 25 or 50 feet. It's 50 feet. It's still, it's it's 50 feet as of now. Yeah. 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 Or at least I know in Florida it's 50 feet.
1: Like I said, that is Shangri-La right now. Yeah.
0: Well, shoot, you look at that place we used to have in Sherman when they came and clear-cut all that. And oh, yeah. It grew back up, and we cut lanes down yeah, to stuck it. Stuck a
4: couple quad pods halfway down and cut lanes all the way through it. Yeah. Dude, you saw so many deer. If you sat any of those quad pods that were out and like in the middle of that cut and had lanes through it, you saw so many deer. It wasn't even funny.
0: You, well, you probably missed just about as many deer as you oh, yeah. saw trying yeah. to watch yeah. seven yeah. different lanes from a quad pod, mm-hmm. but... And then, you know, the deer would still move heavy right down that bottom where the trees were, and then they left the trees around the top as well, uh, for the most part, which left us like a border of, a, of taller trees around the edge of it, which was, yeah. okay, and we still killed plenty of deer out of there, and then until the pigs took over.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, Keith, you've been you've been at this for a while. What do you think the secret is?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: the, the one. What's the silver bullet? What
2: works for you? You know what's funny? <laughs> because, you know, having the deer processor and... Doing this, and uh, guys come up like on Friday or whatever, up for the weekend, they come by the deer processor, you know. Want to pick my brain, you know. i like, I ain't no deer meteorologist. <laughs> 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 if I had it figured out, I'd be a millionaire and I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. <laughs> the one thing I do have it figured out is it don't matter what you know, you don't know enough, you know. The most important thing is to hunt the wind. All that crap you buy from Bass Pro Shop and Cabela's ain't gonna help none. You gotta do it natural. You gotta hunt the wind, and you don't need you don't need three bags, three duffel bags when you go to stand for three hours. Oh boy, I could really get into that. <laughs>
1: You mean like you don't need a chest rig with a radio oh and a cell man. phone and hey, some hey, snacks hey. and a thermos and a, oh and, and bat that utility um, belt.
2: And that ozone whatever machine <laughs> and all them sprays. I can't even smell and some of those scent killers, you know, they're spraying them and I'm like, I can't even smell and I can smell that. I know that deer's gonna smell it, so you know. But I'm gonna tell you, you gotta hunt to win. You think about the Native Americans, you know, and how they hunted and how they had to do it. That poor fella had a stick and a rock. And if he could live and eat, then uh, he had it figured out.
3: And he didn't even take a bath. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
2: Exactly. I mean, uh, just go out there and have a good time and enjoy the peace and what God's give you. Spend time with your family and uh that's what it's all about you know and uh the reward is 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 greater from that than anything else that's the best thing about hunting is do it with your kids and your family you know
4: i was gonna say i I know i've i've talked about this in previous podcasts but like mr just said do it with your friends and family that was one of the biggest things that i've gotten from this year is that we william and i have been hunting when jim's joined us for uh, a hunt but w- we've almost pretty much dedicated our year to hunting florida public land this year because neither one of us have if ever well william has now we've never killed a deer. we've never been serious about hunting florida and we've put a lot of time together into figuring out florida and hunting florida when he harvested that public land buck last week like as we approached it and saw it like all of that hit me at once that I had done that with my brother. Because when he, he was in the army for eight years, and I didn't see him, I, I hardly ever saw him for eight years. We didn't hunt for eight years. We were fairly good friends. I would almost say best friends before he left. And I just, he was gone for eight years. And this is the first time that we've genuinely hunted together since then. And to, to see that deer and the harvest and the time that we spent together just all hit me at once. And I, Literally, I hit it the best I could, but I, I, I bawled my eyes out.
2: Well, that's what it's this was all about. You think about this weekend, y'all up here with your dad, spending this time, you got your buddy with you. Y'all get to have some quality time together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a, that crum, camaraderie that you don't get, you know. Or uh, It's just, that's what it's all about. Like this morning, you know, out there, we're up in the tower throwing birds and That's not what it's about. I have my two grandkids up there with me, you know? I mean, I won't be here forever. That's what they will remember, you know? That's what I want them to remember.
3: What got you to laughing so so much up there at one point? I heard you just was laughing away. (laughs) I
2: I don't know. We laugh (laughs) at the shooters. We laugh at the people that can't shoot. We laugh at, you know, what... The kids getting whooped by the pheasant up there, or, or me getting whooped by it. I mean, it's just, man, you just, it's just, that's what, that's what it's about, you know. Don't take it so serious, man. I see people take it so serious, and, and uh, it's like, they miss the point, you know, and because uh, it, that's what it's all about. Think about your dad spending this time with y'all. I mean, yeah. I mean, we never know when that's not going to be, so to everybody listening that's what's important go spend some time with your kids out there you know uh, spend some time with some family member or something you know cause uh, that's what matters in the end you know so that's the greatest thing about what God's given us getting 100%. out there and seeing it and, and uh, being a part of it
3: The first time I took him to the woods wasn't 45 minutes from here
2: yeah that, that first hunt lasted all over five minutes
3: <laughs> <laughs> i said you want to go yeah well, okay he got up in the tree stand and we sat there a few minutes maybe five minutes he says, okay i'm done <laughs> <laughs> him and his pop gun we uh um, five years old
1: along a similar similar line i'm sorry to it's a small tangent um we got reached out to by one of the guys that's pretty active in uh, the future of hunting in Florida and they do a lot of youth hunts. Um, a lot of deer, a lot of uh, pig hunts. Um, one of the guys that was really big and kind of held that together that the glue passed a couple of years ago. Um, so the organization's gone through a bit of a rebuilding, but they, it appears that they've got, they've got, I know that the guys that are on their board are absolutely fantastic gentlemen and pretty dedicated guys. Um, I think they're going to finalize the organizational structure and then, one of the things that they're talking about doing is bringing small game back into that fold because it's something you can do in the spring and start. And it's a great way to bring young kids into it. Long story short, is we've got our series that we do every year, and one of the things I'd like to talk to you guys about maybe is next year dedicating one of those hunts to maybe where instead of going out there with shotguns, we go out there with charcoal grills and some hot dogs. Oh yeah, you know, and and really take the time to try to cater. Bring other people in um, to make it an absolutely fantastic experience because a lot of the kids that are going to go out there small game hunting, they're going to be like six. you know. But you get a kid that's six years old hooked, they'll be hooked when they're 60. So yep. just something to keep in mind. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more as the year progresses. We talked about doing that maybe for 2023 if if you all want to make that happen.
0: Oh, no, I'm all in. 2024, yeah. I apologize. Yeah. Well, I guess it would be 2023, you know, b- November next year, something like that. Or uh, depending on when they want to organize that, we'll we get into late 2023, and yeah. that'll come about time for running small game hunts again. Exactly. But, man, small game hunting, <clears throat> that's where you really get it started. That's that's when you well, have – uh, Well, yeah. We, well, you, you get a kid who's – he's a little too little to be – Running, you know, take to the deer stand and shoot a 243 or a 308, but you can take him out let him shoot a rabbit with a 22 <coughs> or a 410 and get him hooked on going to the woods and hunting and whatever else doing that. And it's great, it's a whole lot of fun. Uh, my son enjoys the heck out of it. Let's go ahead and cut this and uh, we'll we'll um, jump back on it at the house and tell some of our stories. We'll watch this game.
4: Yeah, how about that? Works for me. You want square button. Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I don't like that. You mean
0: Will? Yeah. Oh shit! I didn't bring enough for beggars.
3: I'll remember that.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I could understand if it was your brother asking. (laughs) You know, that
4: man puts you in this world, okay? Oh, we'll be all right the way we are. It's still kind of out of the way there. You know, he he
0: says that, but if had I not been kind enough to tell the lady, it's okay. He can have that other roll of Copenhagen Mint. When we were in Georgia, he wouldn't have Copenhagen <laughs> Mint for cheaper. I was going to buy them both. What
1: do y'all think about that black buffalo stuff that's coming out? That's not even tobacco, right? It's just like nicotine-infused Oh, man, they've, had, you
4: know, they've had junk like that for a long time. They've they yeah, got that that's smoky the mountain one. crap, but that doesn't have nicotine
0: in it. Now, I'll tell you this. What,
5: the smoky mountain crap? did not have, have nicotine? nicotine in it. No. Oh. See, so, now, I, I have used, like, the Zen pouches. Because the guy I work with didn't always like gin back and stuff. So, I just. Here's my
0: opinion of it. If you're going to quit, quit. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, I don't know. I was thinking about taking it up again. But I think part of the reason why I eat a lot at night is just you're bored. I'm like, you don't have to dip in. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like.
4: I t- I That's just is trading
1: one vice for the other. So I'm yeah, but I was much. gonna
4: say what I, I'll tell you that uh, in, in the times that I've tried to quit, if I mean, and if I'm gonna quit, when I have decided to quit, I've just quit cold turkey, and I had to make sure that I had snacks on me like no other, because as soon as I quit dipping. Eating like crazy. It's I want to ab- eat everything within sight. Well, Nicotine eating is Eating like crazy is not going to hurt you. Well, I know. But. <laughs> Nicot- Listen, <laughs> nicotine is
0: an upper, and it's also an appetite suppressant. So when you do throw a dip in, it will. It does. You know, <clears throat> the, what, the meal replacement dip is a real thing.
1: Yeah. I never thought about it, but I told you when I was younger that the reason I stopped was because, and I was more of a chewing tobacco guy was because you drop a little leaf on a white shirt and it just makes that brown stain and at the point I was carrying around extra shirts and then I said I was only going to chew after work right and then
0: you can always do pouches I just
1: stopped and it was actually one of the things I didn't mean to stop so to speak other than once I realized I hadn't like had a chew for probably two weeks I was like well I guess I'm not going to do that anymore and that was it until I met you guys and then I started a little (laughs) bit And when you guys brought in that monster bag, I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so every now and again, I'll have one. But that bag, I, but then I, I started being a fat ass. Like, that's probably when I started gaining weight. And I've gained and lost, but now I'm at maximum capacity. I'm like, damn, maybe I should start chewing
0: again.
5: Or you that, just that save yourself bag, the money and, and don't do it at all.
0: That that bag helps. I'll still strong. be a fat ass. <laughs> I, I don't
1: know, man. I got to maybe work out some dental planets and worry about throat cancer and shit. But. <laughs> throat so, cancer, heart attack—you know.
0: <laughs> Which one do you want? Yeah, <sighs> let's see here. That that bag of chew held strong till the the weevils got to it. That was only like a week. No, it was oh, there for like a, month. It was there for for a lot longer than Keep that. In the mm. Refrigerator. Yeah, well, now we have a refrigerator to put it in. Yeah. So let's see. I'm curious because now I got to pay shipping on freaking back black buffalo to get it here.
4: Yeah. <clears throat> what do you have so, to pay shipping? What would you not have had to before? You could get that outlaw Not stuff. Not to get it
0: from the, dag, the dang gas station, no. If you're uh, going to get Black Buffalo, you got to order it. Yeah. So uh, there, I don't. I don't think there's any cost savings. It's what was what it? let's see. Shop now.
1: You know, I, if I'm going to go that way, I still don't think I want to get into snuff, man. I think I want to. Somebody's got to invent a <clears throat> Black Buffalo that gives you the nice John, long. Have
3: you priced chewing tobacco?
1: Oh my god,
3: it's almost it, it's worse than, than snuff. It is. I done said no. it's like fifteen bucks a bag.
2: When Copenhagen
3: yeah, gets when, cheap. when Copenhagen mint long couldn't get seven dollars can I'm done. I I've been paying well cans, more than that. I can, that can buy for two cans for under fourteen dollars. I was it gets, say in the
1: eighties, I think it was like seven bucks for a whole log. Uh,
3: yeah, and yeah. It, your roll was was twelve. It wasn't five. Yeah, yeah. So
0: let's see. Oh, 20, these two come in twelve dollars, twenty-five dollars for a five for five cans. So, unless they can ship it for less than 5 bucks, which is unlikely, it's cheaper to go by Copenhagen in the store. Mm. Uh, that's the only it, thing that's... They used to come in a 12-can roll? Yeah. Yeah. Suckers. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing them some bitches at Costco. Dude, yep. I remember my Suckers. grandpa had
5: a dang log that long. I was going to say... I, in the fridge when all I first, the time.
4: When I first started, I felt like you could buy it in a roll or a log. Well... And a log was 5 and a roll was... A, a log was the
5: ten cans. Two yeah. rolls. Two rolls. A roll was five cans. That was when I was, yeah, younger. Yeah, and I, I, I see
0: it now. You get these these uh, younger cashiers. I'm like, can, can I get a roll of dip? You mean a log? Why don't you just say you want a whole log? They bring you one can. Like, no, I want all five of them. Why don't you say you want a whole log? Because it's, like, it's not a log. That's a roll. Yeah. Exactly.
1: It's <sighs> like a rack. Rack yeah. is 30. Oh, yeah.
4: yeah. Well, we can't get those you can't around get that here. in Florida. So you well, it's like a 44. You can't
1: get 40s either. That's true. I, I we'll can, sell
3: racks. I can remember when I got caught chewing. I was in junior high school. I got caught by my mom. I'd been chewing Levi Garrett and had a pack underneath my nightstand. My mom was notorious when she'd go cleaning, she'd, start, she'd move everything. Found that pack of chewing back I come home and it was sitting in the middle of my dresser I was like oh shit
1: right on top of your penthouse magazine <laughs> nah, I <didn't>
3: <laughs> so I grabbed that pack I went I chewed every bit of it I thought that's the last I'm getting might as well chew it my dad come home my dad worked in a grocery store we need to talk to you come around says there you go we would rather you not do that he didn't say don't. He said we would rather you not do that. Well then it wasn't, but maybe a month later my dad comes home with a bunch of samples that the tobacco guy came in and gave you. <laughs> all kind of Hawkins and all kind of crap in it. <laughs> Hawkins. Mm-hmm. You can still buy Hawkins. But bull- a-
5: can you still get bull in the woods?
3: You ever tried it, yeah? You ever tried H B Scott? I it's a, a, it's a, it comes in a little pouch it's a string but it's a dip but it comes it's real stringy huh that the tobacco store in Georgia sells it exit 5
5: what about mail pouch
3: yep they they'll sell, they sell they sells that in, in, at that store too too I, like, I love going to the smithies
1: finding the barns the old mail pouch barns I'll, yeah man if i get word of a mail pouch barn i'll drive 3 hours to go see that thing I don't know why. you stop
3: at Smitty's. like you talking about like tobacco has, barn
1: no the mail pouch tobacco used to paint barns yeah oh they'd pay you money if you if you'd let them put a mail pouch tobacco it was their whole stick
0: that was that was one of my favorite my favorite things about living in kentucky when they go to dry that tobacco and all because the, there are tobacco barns all over because copenhagen 80 percent of the copenhagen 80 percent of the tobacco grown for copenhagen is grown in hopkinsville kentucky which was that's where amanda worked that's 20 minutes from my house so they go to light them tobacco barns up,
3: and just the smell of that wood and the tobacco curing, oh, smelled mm. so good. My dad's stepfather used to chew bull in the woods, and he'd come down from Ohio, and they'd eat that bull in the woods. they just, you know, that shit was so dry, and it would come in that pack, it's all smashed together, you just bite a chunk of it off. That's what my
5: dad used to <laughs> Oh, so to chew. it was chaw.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like the whole like yeah, it was plug. A, it come in a rectangle.
3: It was plug tobacco. Yeah, it was about that big. But I mean, it, hell, it was probably a pack just.
5: <laughs> dried <laughs>
3: down and had a paper wrapper around it. But yeah.
5: that's what my dad used to chew was bull in the woods. Mm-hmm. Only if he was real rich. He that had stuff a was company.
3: nasty.
1: Whoa. Yeah, the only time I remember having plug tobacco was one night in Vero Beach after lobster diving, and I was dating a lady of ill repute.
0: That was also the first <laughs> time
1: I ever did karaoke. <laughs> there was, there was quite a few bush lights that were in the lobster cooler, so I don't know if my guess is that ingesting raw lobster juice and slime while you're drinking your beer may have had a synergistic effect. <laughs> <laughs> that led to plug tobacco, first and only. You
3: ever had twist tobacco?
1: No, man. My, I grandpa, was mainly brought a, my no.
3: grandpa brought me some twist.
1: Really? And It I was
3: they just it come in like a loop and it was twisted. Huh. That I used to stick by. Stuff.
1: Granger Select, Red Man Golden Blend, yeah, and then Red Man straight up, red green pouch Red Man was my
5: my no, third, no too,
0: my Granger
1: red, being the, fourth, <clears throat> no the, one the Levi that, Garrett being fourth.
0: The best two I've ever had Levi is Levi Garrett, Red Man sugar free. If oh. you find some of that trap because I'm it ta- takes all that it's yeah. not super sweet. It's I mean it's just it is. Right on the money. I, I like, and this I got, got it. I got it by accident because a buddy of mine. I was out in the field, and he's like, "I'm going back, man for for like four hours." You need anything? I was like, "Yeah, man, pick me up a bag of Red Man while you're in there." So he comes back and he brings me a dang bag of Red Man sugar free. He's like, "What the? Is this crap?" He's like, "Oh, it's a, sorry, man. I, I guess I get the wrong stuff." I was like, nah, But well, I mean, you know, beggars can't be choosers. I appreciate it, <laughs> and I took a chew of that, dude. 10 times better than than regular
4: redman. It, when you, it's just not as it's not super sweet. It's nice. It's good. You know one thing I'll never do again is I had a buddy when I was in high school brought some of that dang uh like snuff in the in the actual like tin. That's what your, that's that's like, what your mammo used to <clears throat> Did you had to snort? <laughs> no, I've done that before. <laughs> that's oh what your mammo used God. to dip. Yeah. Dude, yep. Talk about a buzz. Yeah. and then a runny nose, and a nose, and a burn. <coughs> some You're talking nasty. about that
1: French stuff over there. Yeah, yeah
4: that's what we he's talking about. Your grandma used to dip that
0: powder Listen, stuff. That's not bad. It's not bad <laughs> until somebody's like, yeah, here, here, try this one. This one's mint.
4: Ooh. 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 No, this one was just regular. When, I'd, I'd, when I played
3: baseball in junior high, I'd, I chewed beechnut nut wintergreen with bubblegum, and I'd have it in my pocket. I'd get out and out. I'd put it in my glove. And I'd pull it out I'd make me a little water And I'd stick it in my cheek And I'd have it while I was out In the left field <laughs> And then as, soon as, as soon as it changed I'd spit it out And come back Bubble <laughs> gum
5: uh, Yeah I've yeah. heard of that one Red man and bubble gum Or something
1: I started doing it To stay awake At Wet n Wild Out on the boat dock Yeah Out on the knee ski dock
5: I yeah.
4: started doing it Because <laughs> my older brother Called me a word uh, That you ain't gonna use female On Female anatomy Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was supposed to
3: quit doing it when your brother was born. <laughs> well, that did. worked real well. I did for a little while, <laughs> but I did I, I did quit for about five years. And, long and Martin it worked. Then you caught us and it just kind of went downhill. No, I, I, I quit. I, hold on. I did. I quit. I quit for five years and I was on a pig run, and everything went to shit. And and I realized I'd forgot to do something. And this I'm, I was just freaking out. And I'm like, God damn it, Martin, give me a dip. <laughs>
4: and that was it I tell Been you there. when Sawyer was living at the house dad had taken him to Mississippi to get his braces off <laughs> and Sawyer said and I was still hiding it from mom and dad at this point point," and Sawyer said uh, you weren't hiding nothing son I oh, was attempting to you <laughs> I just too. thought you were yeah and uh, so Sawyer's like your dad was dipping when we were up there I was like was he <laughs> so next time I we went to Georgia we're standing on the porch I packed a can Threw a lip in. Dad looked at me and said, "You don't tell your mom. I won't tell your mom." I said, "Deal." <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that, honey.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't come here to talk about chewing the back. That's was, this this. That's whole, just how it started. It Started out that way. <clears throat> dove off into. Jordan, you got a, you've got a, a, a running with the law story.
4: Yeah, man, you know, I'm trying to be a decent person nowadays, not poaching anymore. No, I'm kidding, i never done that, but, uh... <clears throat> so, I'm headed home from uh, work today, and I get a call, pops up a phone, it says Cocoa Beach, and I'm like, man, it's probably another dadgum telemarketer, but sometimes, somehow, people from work get my personal number, so I'm like... I gotta answer it, so I answer it. This is Jordan said, so, "Jordan, this is so-and-so with the Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission." I'm thinking, "Oh shit, what do I do?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, when you get yeah. called to the principal's office. I'm thinking, man, I know, <laughs> I know I ain't done nothing wrong lately. <laughs> what a I... lately? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like they're pulling up a cold case here. No, uh... <laughs> it wasn't me. Yeah. I said I didn't do it. I don't know what
5: he's talking no, about. No, uh, <laughs> Jordan. Who's so he that? says,
4: he's like, "Did you hunt this area and within this period of time?" And I said, "Yes, sir. Yeah, I did." He's like, "Well, I got a picture of what I figured out to be is your boat." I said you got a camouflage mud boat, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's mine. He said, "Well, you know." Somebody uh, said your boat was in their way of getting into this area, and uh, they took pictures and sent it to the uh, to us. He said, I'm not here to give you a ticket or anything. He said, I just got to let you know that you're not supposed to do that. So he gave me a little stern talking to about it, and, and then we went on our way, and I said, you know what? I'd really appreciate it. If uh, FWC would look into putting a check station in this certain area, he said. Really? I said, Yeah. He's like, oh, I'll take note of that. He said, Where's it at? And I told him exactly where it was, and he was like, It's the closest boat ramp to where we were. Yeah, and he's like, Well, you know, normally people use these other boat ramps to get here, and I'm like, But for me and where I live, that that's it. It's out of the way.
0: So here's my thing. the whole reason it makes sense to have a check station there is that all the other check stations are on the other. There's three, four check stations for that area. They're all on the other on one end of the spread out along like the southern end of that management area. And there's nothing on the north end. But there's plenty of access from there. I mean, there's probably more boat ramps on the north end than there are on the south end to run
3: in there. And, you know, where you're having
0: to hunt it from. There's just more
4: property on the south end. Right. Right. Well, you know, yeah.
3: even that up at the big boat ramp, they've got an office there. Even a little bit further
5: yeah. north, yeah, that's Lake County. you got to wait for there. their north to get up to that. It, that that is Lake, Lake County. County that's not
3: FWC. I think they
5: have their boats there, but that's the Lake County Sheriff's Office.
4: Still, well, I, you could you I could put a taxation there and yeah.
0: run the boat up to that. That's not even that. Yeah. That we could have run the boat up there to check. The I wouldn't
4: in. even bother running the boat. We pull out to the road mm-hmm. and we but a mile from it.
0: Yeah, I know. Regardless, so. If you wanted to use it, that's even better. Maybe that's a better idea. Yeah, because it's a public yeah. boat ramp. It's not a. It's not a private. Well, and you could do Lake County.
3: Ramp. It could be on Lake County's facility.
0: Right.
1: The crux of the story was that upstanding citizen Jordan Krebs, <laughs> got a call from FWC <laughs> because this heathen had the audacity to park his boat in the water, <laughs> but another person. Found that where he parked his boat in the well, water
3: I'm not gonna lie. was somehow
1: inconvenient.
3: I'm not gonna lie.
0: If I'd have drove a dang bay boat there too and had to park all the way the way out there and walk my happy butt through three feet of water just to get there to watch two dudes drag a deer out at nine thirty in the morning, I'd probably be pretty upset too. So I this is where that's been. wait a minute, wait a minute. So, wait a minute. So, On so. top of that, if I would have If I'd have drove all that <clears> way to park my boat way out there to walk to three feet of water to still show up forty five minutes after those two dudes got in the deer stand to where they could watch me walk in, climb up a tree and sit down.
3: Then hear them shoot a deer and watch that's, them drag it the to whole way you back to hear a shoot a deer a yeah. <laughs> because that's when I got the text, was at 7.30. Yeah. After I said, y'all see anything?
1: <laughs> so this is what it boils down to.
3: And mind you, 7.30 Wah! was, was Wah! right after Wah! That's right what after it boils down sunrise, to. Yeah.
6: yeah.
1: The gentleman was walking in, and then he saw that you happened to pull your boat in. But since he was walking in through two and a half feet of water anyway, it's a little bit of a stretch to suggest that walking around Jordan's what 16 foot boat seven. Well, seven, technically, it's 19. Right. We're not talking about a 35 foot cabin cruiser, it's only it's 40. Narrow. It's yeah, yeah, it's only
4: 40, 46 inches wide. He was inconvenienced a little bit, he had to I walk tell you by what. The and boat. I told William on the way in, I said, I honestly don't care. I hope the guy walks over if the boat's in his way. I said, I hope he walks through the boat. I don't really care. Walks through. So,
1: the, this old boy got all bent out of shape. Because he was hunting within sight of you, and you plugged a nice, duck, a nice buck and dragged it out. And not only that, even though the drag was hell, it was a hell of a lot less hell because the boat was closer. But because of that, he decided that he would turn you into FWC.
4: Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and the result was you got a rather strong talking to.
4: Well done, sir. <laughs> Justice how, was served. How far <laughs> do you
0: reckon he was when we stopped and we were standing here looking at him off the trail?
4: When I said he's looking at us with his binoculars? Two hundred yards? I would say he might have been two hundred yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we crossed a plane where we were like perfectly within sight of him down a trail and I could see him like peeked around the back of the tree looking with his binos. And I said, William, he's looking at us with his binos right now. <laughs>
1: we were talking about how
4: oh, he was hot. He We were talking hot.
1: about yeah, that close when you're when the guy's in the tree next to you blast a deer. That you just got all kinds of like, oh, I was that close.
3: Was he there on Friday when you were there? He was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Same yeah, place. Yep. He was parked in the same place. Yeah.
4: He was actually parked. Per- he was place. actually parked further in on Sunday.
0: But <clears throat> the thing is, he was not hunting the same place on Friday. He was hunting somewhere else. Yeah. Because we had, didn't we didn't see where they, he was on Friday. Walk, I always saw his
4: walking in. They had that place. It, it almost looked like Christmas lights. They had so many dang little orange. <laughs> bright eyes. and No, they're not even the bright eyes. They're like the clip-on things. Uh-huh. Man, they had an, every dang 20 foot down the trail. Yeah.
0: Sorry, dude. So well, what's... all I got to say is this right here. Next time, I won't pick your glove up and stick it on a dang... Limber, oh, you can yeah, see Yeah, I was it even either.
4: nice and tried to pick his glove up
0: for him. Yeah. We stuck it on a pine limb hanging or a palm frond hanging out over the trail so that he could find it on his way back out. I'll think twice about that next time.
3: Well so here's the okay. thing too. If the Admittedly, water levels if the water levels oh yeah, were normal that's what I was getting
0: to. that should have been just it evidently should have just been a road, like a trail.
3: If the water had been level he probably would have had to park even further out. No, I would think he could have no. parked
0: right where he was, mm-hmm. or right maybe maybe ten feet from where he was, but because he was in a bay boat, he he couldn't get all the way up the trail like we did. Because I I seen where they parked Friday,
5: well where he was parked Friday, and yeah, they would have parked about in the same place. Had had, to, the had he, Hurricane Ian yeah. uh, not blowed through and yeah. flooded everything out.
0: The, the difference is is that. I don't know whether he was in waders or whatever he was doing to get through there, but you, I couldn't jump out of the boat in, in rubber boots and walk, you know.
4: Or... I tell you, and if I would have been him and I walked up, either he had wet feet or he carried his waders or hip waders all the way to the stand with him.
0: No, thank you.
5: Dude, I
4: would have dropped him right there at the water's edge. To be honest with you. Well, that would have been a miserable walk. The Dude, he, he, had, he was a good walk from his boat, too. Yeah. And to walk all that way, you either, I mean, you were either <laughs> miserable with wet feet or you were miserable because you wore hip waders or regular waders the whole way.
1: Right. Well, I think you should offer an apology <laughs> to FWC.
6: No, no,
4: yeah. no, no. I'm sorry for uh,
1: being more efficient.
4: Yeah, being more efficient. Yeah. Well, Unless next Kirby's. time, next time, well, I mean, you know, we kind of discussed it first thing
0: in the morning. I was like, should we kind of, you want to push the boat back? He's like, well, I think the water's too deep. I was like, eh, no, please. because what
4: we, did, what we did Friday was we pushed it further up and then pushed it to the side of the trail, but it made it extremely hard for us to get, to get the, boat. the boat back we, out. I had to pick the back of the boat up because the back of the boat was dragging on, on shore as we were trying to push it out. So I had to pick it up, and William was pushing it.
3: Was he able to walk by the side of your boat? Yes, oh, yeah, we loaded
4: the deer from the side of the boat. Yeah, we walked all the way he, around the he boat. Has boat no gripe. He
3: has no legal gripe. Uh, there was, I mean, could did he, he bring it? Did he drag a deer out? Did he uh, drag a deer? I hope out? he did, but I doubt it.
1: <laughs> the, the, the point was, you had a guy, it very much seems like just had a case of sour ass mm-hmm. because y'all were fortunate enough to set up in the right place that day and you knocked down a nice deer. And he didn't. So all of a sudden, you
0: know. I'm going to go back issues. and do it again next all year. All of, of a sudden, you start me.
1: imagining wrongs like, oh, yeah. Parked their boat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's they not got like, closer than I like did. You, it ain't
1: like you ran an airboat 100 yards up into the woods, man. <laughs> well, see, <laughs> you know, he's,
0: he's game on next year. We get it next year. We know where to go in, where to really do some serious scouting before all of it kicks off. And I, I wouldn't doubt if we could do it two years in a row, put another one down out there. Well, anyway, congratulations. To who? On Jordan getting off without a ticket or me on killing a deer? <laughs> oh, yeah. All of the above. I <laughs> didn't and, do anything to get a ticket.
5: And by the way, if you are um, a member of Under Pressure Outdoors Nation, you can see the buck that we'll knock down.
4: Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Speaking of bucks, why don't you tell them about what we're nibbling on?
5: Oh, that uh, lovely medicine on Dewey sausage or the, the gator sausage? Take your pick. Man, that gator is good. I was. Pleasantly surprised by how good that gator sausage is.
0: Six one way half dozen. Of that that stuff's delicious. But
5: oh yeah, yeah. Like your wife so, taught you well, bro. That that was Jim's <laughs> recipe there, and we ain't married.
1: <laughs> well, we had quite a bit yeah. of teamwork, man. Because, oh we, uh, yeah.
5: Well, what, what, what when did I get there? About seven to your house. Seven seven thirty. And
4: I left. And at
1: that's like when we, midnight. that's when we started cutting up onions, man. We went from zero to hero. All the way from cutting up onions.
4: Who was the first one to start crying, cutting up the onions? No, there was none of that. It
1: was just, what I'm saying is there was no pre-prep. And normally if you're going to, I found when I'm making sausage, I kind of do it in stages. Because it's a lot of work to go prepare all the vegetables. Oh, yeah. Measure out all your seasonings. Get all that ready to go. Meanwhile, you got to let your, because you want to grind cold, you got to let all your, you got to cut your meat up into, into a large dice then put that in the freezer, let that get nice and hard, grind it, put it back in the freezer, wait for it to cool down again, grind it again with your spices. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. And we did it all in one night, and we did two batches.
5: We we did what? It was uh, five hours?
1: Yeah, every bit of it. Something like that. Yeah.
4: So yeah. if I've gone to a processor, speaking sausage, and I've gotten uh, – I got a sausage that I felt like it was just really loosely packed in the casing. You think they just never froze it?
1: I think most likely what he skipped, and I'll bet it's done almost everywhere because what you're referring to is hamburger in a condom. What they don't do is they don't take the time to put it into a sausage folder or a mixer. So after you grind it, you put it into... I use... I don't have an honest-to-God sausage mixer, so what I use is a... um, Kitchen KitchenAid aid bowl yeah. KitchenAid mixer You throw it in there Introduce a little moisture And just let it Beat it up for Three to five minutes Until it starts to look More like bread dough As opposed to being crumbly And sticky It all kind of comes together As one substance And you get a good Binder on your meat
5: Well I was going to say The way And you Looking at it And having done it now What Jim's talking is The meat almost gets stringy Or the fat Well it's one of the two It's a stringy look, and I thought it was just the gator at first because that's what we did first. But the venison did the same thing. So as you're mixing it, you see it get like literally stringy in there, and that's that was.
1: And then the other thing that most guys aren't smoking it, but I don't think I would imagine that a lot of processors don't take the time to hang the sausage for eight or twelve hours in a refrigerator to let it all kind of come together before you smoke it and let it all. Uh, let some of the moisture come out of it and also let a pellicle form on the, on the casing itself before they smoke it. And then I smoked this real low for two hours before I, I mean like at 115, before I cranked it up a little bit and put some heat on it. So it's all good.
4: So talking about good food, we just came back from Piney Woods Hunt Lodge. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they uh, pre-pheasant hunt. Fed us extremely well. Post pheasant hunt. Post pheasant oh, hunt. hunt. You're correct. I said that wrong. But that pheasant
0: hunt. Man. Now, before we I... go any further, let, let me go ahead and introduce everybody that we got around the table. And before I do that, I'm going to <clears> tell <throat> you in the beginning of this podcast, it's almost your second introduction, but you didn't get an introduction the first time. We had Keith from Piney Woods Hunt Lodge and Jay Stone with us up there. Uh, we had to cut that one uh, so that we could watch the Georgia-Tennessee game, and Jordan ended up winning out on that one. Yeah. So.
3: Yeah, there were some happy people in that camp that night. Yeah, there was. <laughs> Especially after, <coughs> um, after Tennessee spanked Alabama.
0: But tonight, you got me, You got me, your host, Will Krebs. We got Jordan. I'm here. Let's get it. Jim. Yes, sir. Bill. Hello. And the only one who wasn't at the Piney Woods Hunt Lodge, we got Briar. Hey, yo. Man, did Briar miss out. Yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> Now the tower shoot. I would not call that hunting.
4: Nope.
0: But clay pigeons on
4: steroids? <laughs> on steroids. They were on something other maybe steroids and uh crack at the same time. <laughs> they they were on fly and be free. Yeah. For a yeah. few minutes. <laughs> and I know yeah. we said it you're going to hear it in the beginning. And I'm going to yeah, I'm going to say it again. I have never seen a tree take out a bird <laughs> the way I did. That. I mean, it was that literally that first one. And I probably said it the first time too, but he come flying between uh, my dad so run and it down, I run
0: it down the whole story.
4: Yeah. So we make it to what's probably our third veil. And, uh, they set this pheasant free out of the tower. Cause they, they got a bunch of pheasants in the tower and they throw them out of the tower. And then whatever direction the pheasant goes, pheasant goes, well, he comes to us and, uh, the guys next to us shoot at it. We shoot at it. Everybody, do doo do, 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 shooting at it like crazy. And then it makes it pass, unfazed. And everybody's watching it fly back in the tree, see where it's going to land. Next thing you know, just full speed, yeah. Clocks a pine tree.
1: With authority.
4: <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, literally, whack into the pine tree. And uh, everybody, I mean, you could hear Mr. Keith from the tower. Just <laughs> belly-busting, laughing.
1: That bird... <laughs> That bird was graveyard dead when
4: it hit oh, that yeah, no. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean <laughs> it hit that tree so hard it died. <laughs> yeah, so, it was dead. So,
5: so This I, I wish bird I could say comes that. out of comes out of that tower. Right, flew three hundred like, yards. Coming our way, Jordan. Coming our way. Three hundred flew three hundred yards through all of that. Uh, all that a flight.
4: bunch of pine trees.
5: You know, there, there's all the lead, shrapnel everywhere, <laughs> lead flying. That bird scared out of his mind and smacks dead into a pine tree. Got... That,
4: he smacked
1: dead into like one of the last pine trees he had to get past, while he'd have been really gone. <laughs> <laughs> He's, it reminded me of like the little kid. If you were taking a little kid out into a parking lot, teach him how to ride a bike, and then you fix it on one pole, and yeah. like ah, bam, right into the. <laughs> <laughs>
4: now
3: the funny thing was. That wasn't the only bird that did it. <laughs> 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 that was, you
0: know, it and, got and funnier I, every time. I, like I agree with Jim said earlier in the podcast. Like, man, I, I mean, he never thought in a million years I'd see it again. Forty-five minutes
3: later, wham! There goes, oh, goes one. one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to remember these birds been raised in a pen, and then they're let go and thinking. Wow, this is great! I'm free. And then Somebody nope. starts shooting at them, and then they don't. They've never, probably never seen a
0: tree before, anyway. You know, it's that became fairly evident when I watched a hen come across and try to land on a limb yeah. of a pine tree, <laughs> and she missed the limb, and then proceeded to hit every single limb on the way to the ground. And she fell to that tree, just wham, 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 wham. <laughs> no
1: grace. Those are ground pounders.
4: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I even uh, we said it in the first podcast. I even water whacked one yeah Yeah. (laughs) that was after somebody uh uh, i think jim had clipped it and he landed and i sent bell after him and uh she bumped him up but she was going down because he was like on a ledge going down to the water she ran down there bumped him up and he's and then flew out to the water and landed in the water and i said wham and whacked him out there and bell went out there and got him brought him back but there was a couple those were the only birds you would touch were birds that were in the water, yep. too. There was a couple
1: of those birds when they took off out of the tower and they went the long way down the pond. They would start their glide, like, ah, I'm free. And they'd also realize, like, well, uh, and they'd get to the end and then they realize, I'm a little short. Pump, 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 pump. And then well, usually, unfortunately... Into a lead wall.
0: So you talk about you talk about that, but they had that one that kind of like come low, and it was a low bird. And you hear people low bird, low bird. Somebody shooting at it, and it literally hit the dude's shotgun barrel as it went past. <laughs> Boom! And it wheeled across on the ground. He turned around and shot it on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> he had his shotgun like over his shoulder with the barrel sticking up. That bird hit that barrel, fucking spun around, and whoop right in the dirt. He turned around. Wow!
1: <laughs> <laughs> so when we went, I was if it hadn't been for a good cause and the fact that I wanted to motor around Alabama and spend time with you guys, I was not real keen on a tower shoot and I don't really know why. Um, it ain't hunting. Yeah. But nobody I, ever I said still, it was. I'd hunting. still say it's not yeah, hunting, true. It true. is livestock. And you know, some folks might take some, you know, aggression at that. Like, Oh my God, you're shooting birds. I'm like, well, you're eating chicken. And I don't really think the birds care whether they, you know, catch number five shot across the melon or whether they get a knife across there the results the same. But, um, it was for a good cause, and man, it was an absolute hoot. All the people were polite. I didn't see anybody getting too serious. I didn't see, you want that bird? You want that bird? I'll be at cleanup for you. You know, And and um, the ones that did get through, and we were kind of chasing around the ponds, guys like, tell you what, I want to roost it up. And then, because yeah, they're not real fast. Yeah. They'd be like, the guy would roost it up, and he'd wait and tell you, okay, now you can shoot it. <laughs> yeah. Once, once he think, knew he wasn't in the way, right?
4: I was gonna say that gentleman that that was before y'all was a he was a he was. Oh, he was cracking me. <laughs> up, man.
0: Now I tell you, uh I think that we we actually lost it, didn't get a shoot at a few birds that came between you and I, Jim, and the guy in front of us because we're like, Y'all you you shoot it, no you shoot it, you shoot it and then shoo, there goes the birds past us. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all right, well we'll find it in a minute then.
1: Well there, there was some of that and some of it was also When you, you see the bird coming to you, and how many times are we leaning against a hay bale? I'm like, oh, it's coming our way. And I'm like, yeah, I think I better close my shotgun. <laughs> and you close your shotgun and it's still coming, and you're waiting on it, and you're waiting on it. And it kind of throws your rhythm off a little bit, man. Like, you're just not used to being able to watch something for 10 minutes before you shoot it. So there was a couple times where I, I, I felt like I missed layups just because had too much time to think about it
0: you know i i actually kind of struggled with in the beginning understanding the lead of shooting a bird coming directly at me
1: there is no lead
0: you aim above it Mm. you you can't put it right on it because if you do you're going to shoot underneath of it
5: Go going away from you
0: there is no lead going away from you so coming at you you have to aim above the bird yeah
1: yeah i guess so i put it on the nose kind of yeah Maybe, yeah, I don't really think about it. But.
0: On top of that, Briar is gracious enough to let me borrow his shotgun. It does not shoot the same as mine. Yeah.
4: It to, took took me a little bit to get used to that one. Well, it, I still little haven't little patterned different. my Beretta. I still got to pattern it because I'm still trying to get used to where it shoots. You I mean, know,
3: one yeah, thing but, that was cool was when you're on the far side of the pond and you're watching people shoot at birds on the other side of the pond, you could see that bird fold up and then just to, about two seconds later, you'd hear the shotgun blast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now,
5: now, tell me about pulling the plug out.
0: Okay, so when we started this whole uh, adventure, we started off on the far side of the pond, and the wind was at our backs. So a lot of the birds coming out of the tower were heading away from us. Every now and then, we'd get one come towards us. The wind would die down. It'd come towards us. We'd get a shot. At that point, I had to plug in, and then I got towards the end of the pond, because you, this tower is sitting right on the edge of a big pond, and all the bales are kind of circled around the pond up in the pine trees and stuff like that, Till you get to the end of the pond, then they're just sitting up on the levee. I got down there, and I'm running it to the plug. And I'm like, man,
3: okay. Well, then I said, yeah, I'm shooting.
0: This is not like... The, you're not shooting
3: are, migratory birds. Not, you're not shooting quail. These are pin bears.
0: Hang on pulled the plug out stuck it in the blind bag one two three four five all right we're good to go (laughs) wait lamb tell you
1: what at the end though because at the end the wind picked up and it was dead into our face
0: oh yeah it was
1: every single one of those birds like we had a shot at every single one of them it was you know and i was shooting a break open shotgun it was. It's kind of strange, and I got to break up a shotgun, and I can't reload fast enough.
3: You bring and, in your semi-automatic
1: next time. Oh, next time I'm, I'm gonna bring my uh, <laughs> and the extended the extended <laughs> yeah. tube oh, for, yeah. for yeah. geese. Boom!
0: Now you got to understand. It's not like you uh, you get out there and every single time they they go through like a box or two a pheasant, and then they rotate. So you I think might. He said about 16
3: pheasants usually.
0: Yeah. Then you'll rotate. So you'll move to the next bale, the next bale, the next bale. So the bale you start on, like we did, we didn't. I don't think I shot for the first three bales. No. Two or three bales. And well, then we, we did, shot. Yeah, we yeah. did. A bird or two you got a shot at, yeah. you know? And then, uh, well, you got to start on, on a further bale back. Some of them yeah. can, actually yeah, we came away we right on, on the first bale. Yeah. We were yeah. on the first bale. Yeah. Um, and then as the day wore on where we ended, good Lord, the barrel was so hot. I couldn't touch it.
1: Yeah. Well, at one point early in the hunt, we were joking about calling the podcast, follow us because the guy <laughs> after, after we moved all the birds followed, or should have, should have been here a minute ago because right. the guys <laughs> the left or the
0: right, Yeah. but never over us. <laughs> right. But I tell you what, Jim, that one time when I was like, Hey, that's an empty bale, Jim, I'm going to, I'm going to go one bale ahead of you. I'm glad I did. Cause I dropped that rooster, come right yeah. through there. If nobody <laughs> would have been there, he'd have been <laughs> in the grass.
3: You know, some of them birds, they'd come out of there and they came out with a purpose and it was just nothing but altitude. Oh, You'd yeah. See just, I mean, it straight up, and other ones would just right down to their new, like they some knew.
4: Some of them yeah, literally
3: went straight to the bottom of the tower.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah. in the grass at the bottom of the tower. There was one point we were shooting birds and watching a rooster walking around in the food pot eating. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, compared to, say, compared to hunting Kansas and, and those tower shoots. When you're hunting birds coming out of the CRP grass, they just they just don't get that high. They, they're
3: all they're all low birds. I mean,
1: fifteen fifteen feet, twenty feet in the air tops, where these birds started out sixty feet in the air, and sometimes it yeah. was pretty high. You
0: know? well the difference you know the big difference is, is <clears throat> in was shooting a low bird in, in kansas versus there is you, i'm assuming you guys are all in a line pretty for much the most yeah, part yeah. yeah and there you're in a, we're in a big circle yeah. yeah so we don't necessarily want to shoot a low bird and sometimes you know if we shot an eye level bird on the last one we were last station we were at we'd have been shooting straight at the tower yeah so we didn't want to do that you're gonna wait for the bird to get left or right of the tower or get over the top of you and, shoot uh, some of them we turn around and face backwards and just shoot them after they passed us
4: yeah. i tell you, I did not genuinely understand how when Jim came back and talked about his pheasant hunt out west, when he said that as colorful as those roosters are, they just blend in. They literally disappear. And then when you go looking for one, and it's dead or alive or whatever, and you're looking for it in, like, the grass or the bushes or whatever, it don't matter how much beautiful red or white or whatever he has on them, you can't see them.
3: Gone. And the hens are even worse. They, oh, yeah, the they, hens are worse. Because they do blend in real good.
1: Yeah, unless they twitch. If they, when well, we were in Kansas, there were times where we'd have dogs pointing at them. I mean, the dog's got the nose in the dirt, and we'd walk up expecting the bird to flush, expecting the bird to flush, expecting the bird to flush. And a guy would walk right up to the, where the dog's nose is in there and be like, and, nothing, and all of a sudden, more than once, we had a guy catch him between the knees. <laughs> like he was literally standing with the pheasant between his knees. We never saw it. <laughs> it was crazy, man.
4: Well that happened when you guys were looking for those pheasants with that uh the guy that was a bale ahead of y'all. Y'all were up on top of that hill looking for that hen that was in the grass.
1: Oh, I think he found it. He did find it. Yeah, but y'all it. couldn't um, see it. No, but there was there was a lot of that though where Will spotted a hen at one point out in front of us. I never saw it. I don't know why you didn't go get it, but I walked forward and kept walking forward and kept walking forward.
0: I tried to. <laughs> the one after you shot it, I tried to find it, couldn't find it. I couldn't find one of the hands I shot.
1: Oh, well, no, this is, anyway, long story short, I kept walking out right into that stuff. And if that hadn't, hadn't spooked just a little bit, it just barely twitched, but then was looking right at me. And I, I caught the movement out of the corner of my eye. I knew there was movement. But I was probably staring right at the thing for ten seconds. Like, oh shit, there it is. And
3: I found that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
6: well, the I still roosters think
3: weren't that bad because they'd make noise. They yeah. You'd hear, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, especially the when they get up, they give you yeah. way, like, "I'm leaving." No, no you're not. <laughs> so <laughs> if, you, if you listen close, the hens made a whistling noise too. They they would make a slight whistle. They didn't talk near as much as those roosters did. I mean, we heard that even after the shoot was over with. Yeah. yeah. You're out there making a whole bunch of racket.
4: <clears throat> so, I, th- I still think my best one yet was when I, my dad was kind of shooting one at a far and I decided I'm going to walk over to it, and he's like, go here, go here. Well, Belle jumps it up, and it comes running straight to me, and she's behind it, so the bird's between me and her, and I'm like, well, <laughs> can't shoot it. So I look down at my gun. It's on safety. I'm like, all right. Flip the buttstock. To, well, I already had the buttstock, but I pulled the buttstock up. I grabbed it by the buttstock and took the barrel and just wham and whacked that thing upside the head with a barrel of a gun.
0: <laughs> he said, taking the 12-gauge and the 9-iron yeah. next
4: year. <laughs> <laughs> the flushing tool. Yeah. yeah. It was just a split-second decision. I was like, well, I'm not going to shoot my dog. Here goes this. <laughs> what Dead.
0: So, <clears throat> we went back up to Piney Woods for this pheasant shoot, to benefit a local Christian school. That's their fundraiser. And to me, you know, having watched my kids uh, do their fundraiser where they're basically just panhandling now. They don't even sell chocolate anymore. They're just, they're just asking you for money. <laughs> Give me you your know? money. Stick them up. Yeah. yeah. That's a dang good idea, in my opinion, you know, especially if you're in the right area for it. And Alabama is the right area for something like that. <clears throat> uh, but I don't know, know that Mount
5: Dora
3: and Pheasant we will make go it happen. We well. get
0: we got one close enough here. We're gonna make it happen one of these days. Yeah, we're gonna, we're
3: gonna do you know, UPO one. Whether it's you know they also do deer hunts. Some of those schools they do deer hunts. Yeah, they we contact, talked about that. Yeah, local farmers and farmers that's bring them on their land and it's,
4: a, it's
0: if you, if you're in the right area for stuff like sure. that. That's a
4: great way to raise money. Yeah, I yeah. honestly think that if we had one here that we could do it i think we could get well, i think people. we could raise a good good amount of money for somebody yeah doing something like that especially if we kind of put it out advertised it a little bit on facebook or whatever yeah yeah, yeah yeah absolutely
0: now we went up there we did the tower shoot not only did the did they you know we paid for a bail we get the and you pay for a bail and then you can go there and win a you know people like oh we got a shotgun to give away that they had a fine shotgun oh. giveaway
1: Benelli 20-gauge. I think that was the Pheasants Forever Edition. Beautiful. Gold inlay. Yeah. Engraved.
0: The dude got it on what? Two tickets? hmm 40 bucks for that dang 20-gauge?
1: If there had been an ATM closer, I might have gone and run through 200 in on it.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I told Dad. I should I said,
1: have given
3: that kid a little bit more candy so he could have got my yeah. number. But <laughs> Was it Keith's <laughs> grandson that pulled it? No. 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 no it was that, that I, uh, little fella.
4: Uh, I told dad, I said, I fully expected my money on that raffle to just go to a good cause because I don't ever win anything <laughs> like
1: that. <laughs> no. But, man, I tell you, I was looking at that like, oh. I've got a whole bunch of
0: over-under shotguns, but I said. We should have brought should have brought Briar's family since they cleaned up at the Proco Crawfish Bowl. <laughs> that was I Breyer's was girlfriend's, girlfriend's actually. That was my girlfriend's family. Okay, yeah. girlfriend's family. I was
3: actually in two drawings for guns that weekend. I was in another one that was a rodeo down in Felsmere to benefit a guy I work with, a uh, cousin's wife, and I think I spent 50 bucks on that for a uh, Henry 22. Knowing good and well, I probably wasn't going to win that either because Brian also bought $50 <laughs> worth of tickets, and I thought when I found that out, I'm like, give me my money back because that sucker's going to win it, but he didn't. So, yep. But I didn't Sucker either. So I didn't was win it, either one of them. Was
1: it Henry Lever Action 22? Yeah man I look at those things damn I got a whole bunch of 22s that I never shoot but you look I
3: mean they're so cool I've got a Henry, so, I got a Henry lever action 22 magnum
4: dude, dude. It, it's it's like the the Christmas story where the kid just wanted the Red Rider because it was just so cool <laughs> yeah. it's just that gun it's like your Christmas story type <laughs> guns where you're like I'm gonna put your eye know, out man. with that yeah. thing
0: kid I tell you what I want 22 lever actions are cool I want a Henry 22 pump action. Yes, Rob, I've
1: not seen one of the. I've seen, I've shot the Rossies. Yeah. My buddy Jay from New Orleans, Jay Platter, talk about him every now and again. He got one he got from his dad. That thing'll cycle. That thing'll cycle, twenty-two short, twenty-two long rifle, twenty-two. It doesn't matter at twenty-two, it'll go down the barrel, and it doesn't matter they can be in any order. Awesome.
0: <laughs> that that I'm pretty sure Henry still makes a pump action. I think 22. they do. Yeah. But that that's those are cool.
4: I'm, I'm going to still stick to it My, I think my Christmas story gun is a dang like dad has just an old ivory handled 22 revolver yeah I want one so daggum bad I need to buy one they're not that freaking expensive I don't remember 100, that one bucks. Yeah. yeah
3: I bought that off a guy who was getting divorced and it was one of them going out of life so I got to get rid of it I said uh, I'll take it what else you got <laughs> Dude, a Stevens a twelve look. gauge, a Stevens twelve gauge, and a twenty five auto semi automatic pistol. I still got the pistol. I sold him back the shotgun, and I still got the twenty two pistol. <laughs> and that <laughs> is a sweet. Did you cheap. sell it to him more than you buy it for it? Nah, I gave the same price. Um. But I, that twenty two pistol, that is one accurate little sucker <laughs> for having iron sights. I mean, at seventy yards, I can hit a pipe plate.
4: I watched you shoot With a it, dang no a water moccasin no in the head at like 60 yards. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice light trigger.
4: Yep. Oh, yeah. it's a beautiful gun.
3: Yep.
1: So, well, double action, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can get the cylinder around and
3: then. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep.
1: I wouldn't mind a Ruger 22, one of the old ones, but I <sighs> pricey.
0: Those are single action, though your your Ruger revolver 22s unless you buy I don't even know the the, the Ruger Ranger or something like that the newer uh, Ruger revolver 22s they're a lot cheaper they're all single action
1: no I, no I I'm positive shot Ruger double action 22 back in like 1986
0: most of your Rugers now are are gate action if, most, if they're now, gate loaded if they're loaded via gate, like the cylinder doesn't pop out, you have to open the gate, put one round in, roll the cylinder around it. They're single action revolvers, mm-hmm. which I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't shoot a revolver double action half time anyway. The hammer's just there for looks. I cock that sucker back. Like I got my 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 judge is as uh, double action, but I, I don't think I've ever fired it double action. I don't like that Except long done the trigger whole, pull yeah, on a there.
5: on a double action. I don't like that.
0: But I don't feel like any business if you shoot a revolver, you don't go.
4: As much fun yeah. as we ourselves had at this tower shoot. I still think the most exciting time was riding around with Keith and his grandson. Yeah. <laughs> and watching Keith's grandson plunk him with a 17 HMR. <laughs> Do a little cleanup. The look and, on that boy's oh, face. See, the look on shot, face, yeah, man. After when he shot that first one,
3: it was priceless. God. Priceless, and that second one when the, when he shot it, and all you saw was a puff of feathers. <laughs> oh, oh, one, <laughs> he waxed it.
5: One more thing you need to talk about is the uh, your uh,
3: return trip home, and when you got oh, home there, yeah, I'll get to that. In a oh, but <laughs> you know what? The, the return trip home, we we went halfway across, three quarters of the way across the state of Georgia to go back to get my deer meat, but we went by the old hunt camp. We went by Puddins. We went by the Colomokey Mounds. And that and, and, mound is still as tall as I thought it was as a kid.
4: The biggest, that. That was, I really <laughs> thought it was going to be a lot smaller, but no. That, was, that was funny because
3: <laughs> all three of us are waiting. and I i, I mean, I was older, but <laughs> there, as we're coming up to it, they're like, I wonder if it's as big as I thought it was. And both, both Jordan and William were looking, yep it's yeah. just as big as i thought it was <laughs> sucker's huge man
4: i'm um, like the whole you know back then you may think about it but i didn't think about it till i'm older and i look at it now i'm like how in the hell did they get all of that dirt like holy cow i bet it's two or three hundred feet in the air yeah oh 100 percent. and it's just a massive mound of dirt the time that it took them to pile that i mean listen how they how
1: didn't build it in a week no. I
4: know,
0: but still generational. Backhoes don't make piles of dirt that big. No.
3: But I, mean, I was I was disappointed that they didn't still have payphones at the at yeah. the bathrooms at the
4: campground. <laughs> Those were gone. So well,
0: it it was all in all a just a great experience and I'll definitely be back next year. Oh, hundred percent. Um and I hope they have it again I know we talked about when we were there we'd go back up the first trip and film just strictly film third person everything and then pay to hunt the second one Uh, and then and film everything try to film a lot in first person and make a sweet video out of it yeah both for for Pineywood's Hunt Lodge and for ourselves
5: I'm looking forward to the dog work next year
0: you know, in the dog work, having a water dog is a big thing there, which is kind of odd when it comes to pheasant hunting because, you know, we, when we got up, so when you get to the back side of the big pond, there was a small pond, and when we got up there, there were eight birds in the water nobody was able to get. Like, just, was, was there any other you, dog I, there I, other than Belle? There were other dogs, but no other water dogs. Yeah,
4: mm-hmm. I, I tried to send Belle on the, the birds that were in the small pond. Yeah. Or, well, not that pond. They were in, there was three Three or four ponds. They were in a pond on the far north side. But those birds were like 200 yards out. And Bell just did her best to get there. But she was just. Nope. Was not having a 200 yard. And I'm glad she did turn around. Because by the time she got back, she was worn out. And I think that would have been a heavy. That would have been a hard swim. Yeah. With a dang.
1: Something about the water, bird. too. Because that one you flushed up. The first bird that I shot. We were. We we're going to get the bird that hit the tree, and you flushed up a hen, and said, "Kill it!" And it flew past, and I whacked it, and your dog ran right over to it because it was in an opening, looked at it, and was like, "Yep, she's down." <laughs> <laughs> <And ran back>. <laughs> <laughs> Little brown water dog wouldn't know a pheasant bitter in the nose, man. Yeah. My dad's like,
4: my dad's like, well, why She'll get him out of the water. I said, if you told that dog to retrieve a dang manatee out of the water, she would go. Fist fight with that manatee just to get it back, but on shore she didn't want anything to do with. Nope. You know what was funny
0: is when you put her in the water to get the pheasants, she would go get the pheasant out of the water, bring it all the way to the bank. And she's like, bleh. Yeah. <laughs> she did not like pheasant no, feathers. No. 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 So <laughs> that
4: was that one time she brought that one back and got all the way back to the bill I was like, bleh, 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 <laughs> at the bell. Well, so
3: let me give you a quick little background, just real quick. The Colomoki Mounds was occupied in, by Indians from 350 to 750 A.D. It's Georgia's oldest great temple mound, and it's only 57 feet high. What?
4: 57 feet high. Okay, so two to three hundred is too much, but yeah. it's a lot <laughs> There's taller. No way, that's 57 feet.
3: 57 feet high.
4: No way.
1: Yeah. 57 feet still pretty damn tall.
5: It's five floors. And
3: it's almost as big as a football field on top. I, I, they need that, to resurvey that.
5: Yeah, that's pretty big, though. It may not be that high, but it sounds pretty spread out.
4: Oh, it's it's huge. Dude, the base of it's massive. Yeah. So
5: they do core samples and that thing. Oh my goodness, that thing is huge.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah Look that at that. Just Colomokie Mound State Park. <laughs>
4: it's a Very really cool joy. place to there, see. There's a there's there's, there's like ten other burial mounds there's, around there's, it. There's
3: two other mounds that are on the side of it. And they have a museum that's built well, in the side the of the mound. Well, they have on the other side. Yeah, there's other mounds yeah. that are out there.
1: Looks an awful lot like the burial mounds off of Lakeview Road and out there in Geneva.
3: <laughs> Never been there.
1: <laughs> it's a public dump, man.
3: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Some of it could be that. Some that's, of it could that's be That's what
1: that. it was back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> they Some did the it. same thing we do. <laughs> I remember, hearing,
3: I remember hearing
0: people telling stories when we were kids. I don't know if it was Pudding or somebody else about going driving their trucks up on there and talking with the Seabees so they could reach further from that, the top that of That
3: was, wasn't... I don't know if it was Pudding, but I know it was probably because because Dean grew up up there. Yeah. And they that's, when they were kids, they used to drive before they turned it into a state park. Yeah.
4: I don't even know if I could get my truck to the top. Of, they had some serious trucks getting to the top of that thing because it's steep. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean... You, you're talking about, like, high centering coming over that top edge. <laughs> yeah.
1: They weren't, well, not to, you know, we're all joking about it. Was that, you know, I just alluded to it being the, the county dome, but I don't know, is, or is it is it actually a giant
3: cemetery?
4: The big mound it was is a temple. A, it was a, temple, a temple worship mound. mound.
3: Yeah. It was their temple worship but mound. But there
4: are several one, other mounds that are burial yeah, mounds. One
3: One end is higher than the other. Got it. Because, yeah.
1: you know, I mean, and, I, and I mean, it's, no, I'm mean, i not trying to be woke. It's like, you know, I show homage to our cemeteries and old cemeteries, new cemeteries. You know, when I went to Italy years ago, it, it kind of made me feel weird to be walking to churches where in the 14 and 1500s, they put guys in the floor and you're walking over their sarcophaguses. Yeah. But over there, like 1500s isn't really old. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> just walk right over it. Over here, you know. The, you couldn't give it 100 yards of it, but yeah. I still
4: I we, know, so we, feel, feel we, respect for the dead. We left a note for the people that now own our, the hunting camp that me and William grew up on. Cut or, our teeth or, in the woods there. I remember jumping boilers
0: yeah. over uh, berms. <laughs> and. Yeah, I
4: remember getting hit in the face by clay rocks that we used to throw at each other in yeah. the field. <laughs> <laughs> but, so we left them the a annual, note because we'd like to go back there and make a video and a podcast. But uh, honestly, I think it'd be cool for us to stay at the Kualoa Mounds when we go do that. Yeah, I think you can that's camp there too. in the
0: camp, bro. Yeah, well,
4: you camp in the camp area or rent a cabin. Yeah, cabins there
0: too. But yeah, I, I agree. I'd I'd like to go get up on top of the mound again.
3: Yeah, fifty-six feet tall. 15 How many steps ago. is it to now? Fifteen hundred years ago, it was seventy-five feet tall.
5: Oh, so it's been worn down.
3: Yeah.
0: Now, my question is. The, and the thing that really still piques my interest is, is the Kolomoki Hill as steep as I remember it being? It looked it. No, I'm talking about the one where we used to drive our 4 up to get to the backside of camp.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know? That's fair enough. <laughs> That's another one to see. Yeah. There's a lot of memories in that area, man. I, just that side of Georgia, me and Dad got to, like, that side of the state towards Alabama and I was like, God, man, I just, I missed the terrain. It's beautiful it's over there. Beautiful. Yeah. The, the, the terrain is unlike anything else. The
3: further east you get in Georgia, the flatter it gets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot, we were driving through parts of
0: Alabama where it looked like people hunting on the side of a small mountain. Yeah. Yeah,
4: I, <laughs> yeah. we did. I said, that's that's a 100% a small mountain. We were in some foothills. Yeah. Lots of
1: dog boxes.
4: Yeah, mm, there was any. quite a lot of box stands where we yeah. came
3: through,
0: and maybe not. That I don't believe in dog hunting over
3: there. I don't believe in dog hunting. That. I it think is, Jim it is I, legal,
4: but I don't think it's very popular. Yeah, I say not
1: run across a bunch of them. That's all kinds of dog boxes. I think yeah. if you're, but seeing, I was in an awful lot of Alabama too. Yeah. yeah,
4: I would say too. I think if you're seeing dog boxes, like if you noticed one of the gentlemen that brought a dog to the pheasant hunt had his bird dog in his dog box, could be. That's also very possible. Yeah. Bird hunting is still very live alive and well in Alabama. Yeah, so you uh, you're probably catching a lot of guys running their, their bird dogs in the dog box.
2: Could be.
5: A lot of that's um uh, pin raised quail though now, unfortunately.
4: yeah, it doesn't matter.
0: I mean it, six one away, half dozen yeah. the I mean it's not the same as hunting live quail. Still could but wild, wild quail. It's good it, yeah, wild quail, sorry. It's good to still see the tradition
4: stay alive one yeah. way or another. Oh,
1: for sure. I love hunting wild quail. But well, you know, we a good passed, day is two coveys. That's a great day.
4: We passed through a plantation that was, what, uh, like 5,000 acres? Well, you'll hear, yeah. you'll hear plenty of Keith give his, his uh, opinion
0: on what happened to wild quail in Alabama yeah. earlier in the podcast. Uh, and uh, a lot of what he says makes sense. Makes sense. Doesn't quite align with the science, but it makes a
4: lot I of mean, sense.
5: Well, you think about it, that's probably a man that lived through it. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean, yeah. he
4: that's, was what he, that's what he grew up doing. That's that good old boy where you get somebody in the office that tells you one thing and then when you're in the field it's something completely different. Yeah. But most of the time what you see in the field is what's real. Yeah.
3: Seeing is believing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And Keith saw it.
4: Yeah.
0: That's like Keith said, was was his, his dad or his granddad, all he did was work and hunt hunt birds. Yeah. Yeah. But Well, gentlemen, y'all want to jump into the tip of the week? I got mine. I got mine. All right, I'm going to go first. If you are in or around Ufall Alabama, you better go on over to the Cajun Corner and stop in and have you a meal Wee. because that is some damn fine cooking Slap
3: in there. your mama good.
0: Yeah.
4: And their Long Island iced teas are very strong.
0: Let's <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if y'all get to
5: try my gumbo and how it
0: goes. Their crawfish etouffee is excellent. Go ahead, Jordan.
4: I got one. Uh, don't pass up a roadkill deer.
5: All go. right, yeah. I ate some roadkill backstrap last night.
4: Exactly. Now you should probably Thank do you your research on uh, on how to know whether it's still good or not. <laughs> don't <laughs> pass <laughs>
0: up a fresh roadkill deer. Yeah, don't
4: pass it. up a fresh roadkill deer. Uh, they still eat, son. We've eaten plenty of roadkill in our life. Briar and Jim just cleaned some roadkill the other night that Jim's wife hit.
1: No, she didn't hit it. Car in front of her hit it. She just caught the little ricochet. Whoever that was it, that was fresh up. enough. I mean, that's for sure.
3: That was fresh enough. Yeah, yeah. Only the front half was good. Nothing the back. How
1: far was. to go? It was right next to the road. It was like right there. Doop.
4: Dead. <laughs> but whoever
1: whoever hit it, I think they hit it dead square. Texas hard shot with a bumper because both the big ball socket joints that go into the hips were both blown out and both of the the bottoms of the hip bones were broken off to where I reached in and just pulled them out with my hands. So the car it's probably t- didn't
3: fare too well either. To- the hams were just totally,
1: <laughs> just nothing salvageable on uh, both sides. Broke both hips, like both I don't Come know, on, people. Handles. it did
3: leave some meat that you can use. Well, we got the back straps, got the heart, <laughs> yeah.
1: got the front shoulders, got some rib and neck meat. Tenderloin? Good for sausage. Uh, no, because, man. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, fair the, enough. The, fair if, enough, you enough. Guts also, if you got the got the tenderloins. Yeah, blew it all <laughs> in. It was like, I didn't even try. But there was, there really wasn't really a gutless method to that deer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the gutless method would have been about 15 mile an hour faster. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I had one. We talked about um, pheasants hitting the tree. One time I got a call because I had a little network. I go out and this, this mailbox is just laid flat and there's a dead deer and I'm like man they got the mailbox in the deer I figured maybe they're trying to avoid the deer and then I'm I'm when I'm starting to part out the deer trying to figure out where it gets because you, you can tell like one of the quarters is just all blown out or one whole side of the deer is all mashed in you know bloodshot all this deer's trauma was in the head <laughs> I realized that deer was hauling ass away from the car, clipped the mailbox, and just like that pheasant, the mailbox went and it, it snapped the mailbox off.
4: Oh, God.
1: That deer hit that thing in a hurry. <laughs> the lights out. So, yeah. So, since they're kind of getting a little humorous, my tip of the week a little bit of a tip, but a little backstory. So, back to our neighborhood. Teddy feller. He's telling a story about how uh, he's a little older. And I think he's also probably a little hard of hearing because he goes out this morning, hmm? opens, his, opens his garage this morning, wanders outside to see a whole bunch of fellas out there just tearing down his fence with a whole bunch of new lumber. So in my neighborhood, we have Sweetwater Boulevard. And there's a North Sweetwater Boulevard and a South Sweetwater Boulevard. And these fellas showed up, started tearing down the fence at whatever, 605 Sweetwater Boulevard. And he's like, let me see your work order. <laughs> <laughs> that says north this is south
0: <laughs> somebody's getting a new fence <laughs> yeah. for free for the, yeah exactly
1: <laughs> well then it gets even better because lady pipes up that a couple years ago come back from i guess like a four-day vacation she wheels in one afternoon and there's a whole bunch of short swarthy fellows, all sweaty and dirty and a whole dumpster full of her roof Oh, mm. Same problem. Somebody Jeez. got a free roof.
3: Oh, no. I think I'd have waited till they got done with the fence to tell them. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah.
1: Well, I guess he, from what I understand, I mean, they were, they tore down the fence. So you got less lumber. Uh-huh. Now you can't put the old lumber back out once nope. you tore the fence down. So, but yeah, can you imagine? You come home and, I mean, first there's got to be some abject terror, like, you've, <laughs> where's my roof? But then it's like, well, you broke it. You bought it. Yep. Yeah. So my, I guess my tip of the week is ultimately, pay attention to detail.
4: Oh yeah. It's cold. I wish somebody would come tear my roof off on accident.
1: Yeah.
5: <laughs> yep. A wrong growth street, buddy. Thanks. Thanks for the roof, though. I <laughs> uh, Guess I'll go next. Mine is, you know, and I prob- um, I am a member of Ducks Unlimited but uh, I've been considering joining, like, Quail Forever. Or is it, is it Quail Forever? No, Pheasants Forever and Quail Unlimited, I believe. Quail Forever. Is it Quail Forever, yeah. too? Okay. Yeah. We
0: need you get them in here? They started an Orlando chapter. Did they? Yeah, yeah, I need
5: to. Because I'd, I'd like to be able to we'll eventually see Quail come back to the south.
2: That'd 100%. be something else. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't I don't know remember.
5: if it'll happen, but, you we know, there's got, only one a, way to do that, and like, that's either work and, you know, maybe put the money in.
0: We get a long road to hoe. <clears throat> yeah.
5: Oh, yeah. We go a long way. Um, I don't know if I will actually be able to see it like it was. Like Jim said, you know, two coveys is a good day and at, wild at birds. At this
0: point, <clears throat> I would just like to see more management done for quail in the state of Florida. Oh, yeah. There's already done. Because well, there there's spots out there now where you can go and, and, and find quail. I mean, and there are a few WMAs across the state of Florida that are managed for quail and they have yeah. quail. Uh, but we could do better and we could, we think could create we could. more.
1: I suspect some of those places have a lot more quail than you think, but you'll never get to them. Because the only only places on the WMAs that that you can reasonably hunt are first year and maybe some of the second year burns. Because otherwise, the dog will know they're there, but those birds are never going to fly. Well, you and know, you'll you'll kill yourself getting to them, going through the Palmettos.
0: It's like we talked with Keith earlier in the podcast that the quail have have kind of moved off of what we traditionally saw as as quail hunting area, and and they've moved into the woods. They've adapted to what they've what they have left. Yeah. So.
4: They've adapted where they need to go to survive.
1: Right.
3: Yeah. Right. Still my favorite thing. Dad? Bill. I'm going to go back to kind of what, a little bit of what Keith said, Um, you know, with adding a few things, start your kids out young, but make it fun. Uh, Don't, don't get too technical with it. Um, Raise your kids from, from the start. Um, Don't try to overfeed them or cram it down their throat uh and in, let them enjoy it, and you enjoy them uh you know like we talked about the look on his grandson's face the look on Keith's face when when he was shooting them birds it was um, his first pheasant it was priceless it was priceless and uh to see and get to be there with you two boys um it was it was good it was a good time put the Put the devices down and and get into the nature. How many deer have been saved because of cell phones and
5: Facebook?
0: No, that that's a not lot, man. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I tell you, I tell you, Facebook
3: it, is a conservation. I will tool. admit, my phone has caused me to miss more than one deer. Yeah.
4: <laughs> it I, it it generally was good having you there, Dad. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I look forward to it next year. Yeah.
1: I sometimes wonder if Facebook actually has the opposite effect. Because if you're sitting in the stand, you're probably, and you're bored, you get a little twitchy. So, once you start checking your phone.
4: Sitting still.
1: How many minutes sometimes? I mean, you can get, you can get oh, yeah. those things. Next thing, 30 minutes, and you haven't twitched at all. And then all of a sudden you look up and, there's a deer right there. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, and it's like it, that, too. You get busted when... You're like, oh, I need to put this phone away, and then, oh, you know, and they. No, it's usually well, you just. Take, I you got just glance pee. up, and you're like, crap, there's a deer right there. <laughs> you walked right in, you didn't
0: see it. Well, that booner or stepped out. You. That booner stepped out ten minutes into your thirty minute scroll, looked at you, said, <laughs> <and laughs> an "Yeah," and then stepped off in the woods on the other side. You never saw him. Maybe I,
1: <laughs> I actually. I think it goes both ways. I don't think they it, see. I, you. I agree
3: with you. It can go both ways. Yeah, it can yeah. go both ways. But I one time I can one I, I know for fact I. I heard the deer. I had my phone in my hand, and I had no place to put my phone to grab my, to hold to get my gu- to be able to shoot. <laughs> and when I did, my phone made a noise. And as soon as that phone made a noise, because this screen this screen clicked off, that deer heard it. You had your power on. You I mean, your... he was right under me. Yeah, and he heard it. And I was trying to put it in my mouth to hold it to be. <laughs> Gone. I'm like, God.
1: So I'll admit that I'm, I'm so bad that I do th- I think of all those things. Because like, it got okay, so close to me. I got my rifle here, and I don't really archer. I got my rifle here, and I got my cell phone in my left hand, and I'm doing my one hand surfing. But I think about that like, if a deer comes out, can I stick oh, it yeah. through my legs and under the seat, or can I, do I have room side? And I, I think that through before I start scrolling because more than once, all I've heard snap. I've been like, Oh shit, it's right there.
6: Mm-hmm. Like, I know
1: I heard the snap right next to me on the right, and I don't want to move. And I also think about that when I'm scrolling all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm going to look up. I better look up slow. Yep. And then also, oh, there she is. They've been there out there in the corn for a while now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh man. Put well, the devices away. We'll catch you guys
0: next week. If you're not a part of Under Pressure Outdoors Nation, you can click on the link in the bottom that says UPO Social Media Links, and there is a link inside that link tree to put you on the Under Pressure Outdoors Nation page. And uh, I think we need to do a we need to you, do can, a see. Giveaway you can see here. Uh, you can see, yeah, uh, we talked about uh, shot a on thousand. There. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Oh. Right now we're almost to a thousand. Let's let's put it 1, or two, two, two grand. Put another membership drive up on the page, and if we get two grand, we'll give away that well, GPS. I, I don't see
4: why we don't post it now and just continue to repost it until what, we hit 2,000.
5: One thing you forgot to mention is you're surprised
0: when you got home. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> okay. So
4: that's another thing.
0: Another thing you can see on the, on the group page. You go in there, my wonderful wife and children, here's your tip of the week. Don't leave your man cave, change the locks on your man cave where they're different from the rest of the house. <clears throat> I am not a big uh, Christmas prior to like December first decorator. Not even Thanksgiving. I,
3: I'll give you it to the day after Thanksgiving. I'll give no. you that. I'll,
0: I'll give that to you. At least anyway, she
3: didn't have Christmas music playing. Listen, surprised.
0: The, there's she could have. There's a Google <laughs> yeah. on the, of the table. Uh, there's glitter on the table now. Oh yeah. Uh, it, this, that what? damn tinsel. There's deer heads covered in, in tinsel. In yeah. here, there's a blow-up Ornaments Santa Claus everywhere. back in the corner. Christmas lights all over the ceiling. Ornaments hanging from those.
5: I'm surprised <sighs> there ain't a Christmas tree. It's
0: pretty,
4: well. How much good? She did a good job. She used
0: hanging these things. I
6: thing. don't
4: oh,
0: know. She did a good job though. It's, <laughs> you it's know, well we, put together.
1: We should leave the lights up, especially the white lights, and then we could swap out some of the Christmas baubles for, I don't know, turkey feathers. Shotgun shells. Shotgun
3: shells. Where did y'all drag that Florida Power camouflage hat out of? That's an old one. Uh, that came from my house.
4: <laughs> 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 that made its
3: debut in the Man in Casa Sorrow
4: video. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> I, that that come from Uncle Tim. I know. And William wore it. uh. For some time for a while, and then when he left for the Army, it got given to me. I didn't wear it. I just had it. Yeah, he had it. When he left the Army, it got given to me, and then I brought it to the studio.
1: <laughs> you clean that up and give it to Cameron Gordon. I bet he'd wear that thing no,
4: the, the problem is the snaps on the
0: back are destroyed, or right? we'd wear it. Too bad. Yeah. yeah.
3: Is it held together with staples? <laughs>
0: uh, it could be, I guess, but the plastic on the back's about worn through, so yeah. that's all there is left of it. No,
1: that's distinctly cow camouflage. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah that's
4: a yeah. dime. I yeah. mean, that is...
5: If, if, if there ever was an old school hat, it's that one. Oh,
3: absolutely. All we're missing is an orange P&J one. I may have one somewhere. There's a p- orange Pony was one up there. Yeah. I may yeah. have an orange P&J one. Yeah. Well, we'll catch you
0: guys next week. Adios.